Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. With over 21 class-leading brands, Wakeling Automotive is home to your next new car. Call Maddie anytime. 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to Morning Glory with Maddie Johns. Yes, hello and welcome and uh, no surprise today we preview the two big finals matches starting tonight. We're going to chat about Ricky Stewart. Movie of the week, Happy Gilmore, Sound Advice, Aussie Crawl's Boys light up. Jeez, that brings back some memories. Uh, Webster, search and enjoy his Tanzania. And what's up, Joey's nose. Sydney Morning Herald's Andrew Webster. Webby, how are you? Clown or drifter update? <laughs> Nothing to report. Nothing? Yeah, no drama. Okay. At this stage. Okay. <laughs> Maestro, how are you today? Ran into two drifters. Did you? <laughs> North Sydney Station this morning. Did you really? Yes. Were they friendly drifters they or decided to kick your index finger? <laughs> They were actually all right. They were actually and we, all right. weren't yelling at an imaginary dog or anything like that? No, no, no they were very friendly. Prince of uh, Penance Hills, Ben Hogarth, you're chomping at the bit today. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, yes. I'm very excited. You got a little surprise Gilmore. off the top. A little surprise off the top. I won't yes. say yet, but we've got when, a little surprise. What you'll find is when when Ben has a surprise, it means someone's going to get kicked in the guts. Um, I've, got a, I've got a sinking feeling. I think I know who it's going to be. No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. No. Uh, the 8th Immortal. Um, Andrew Johns, how are you going, Joey? Good morning. Uh, so you're flicking through the form got already. Anything for us? No, not yet. Okay. Stay tuned. Got a couple of things, a bit of certainties. Now, listen, uh, next break we're going to uh, preview the match proper, but late yesterday, bombshell leaked out of Parramatta Football Club, um, which highlights really doesn't where be a fractured club and really one of the reasons why they haven't won a comp since 1986 because the background, they employed Nathan Brown, um, the Knights, Nathan Brown, former Knights, been at a few clubs, uh, to do an internal review of the football operations. And the report which came back from the club was, has a perception of nepotism. Now, this is a horrendous time, him, because there's been lots of talk about Jacob Arthur being selected on the bench. And whether he was named, well, he wasn't named in it, but it just pours kerosene on this blazing fire. The N-word, nepotism which usually gets thrown around uh, when talking about uh, clubs in trouble. Um, the timing of it is ridiculous. I've spoken to Parramatta today and they're furious, which is saying it lightly about... Fuming. Fuming. Mm. Um, about the uh, this report getting leaked on the eve of a, of a semi-final against Canberra tonight. Um, it, I think it's interesting that the reports so far say that it doesn't relate to Brad and Jacob Arthur. Um, unless you see the report, I'm not going to be satisfied with that explanation. So um, it's a, it, yeah, just, just the timing of it for me is the worst thing. It was, it was on the junior, junior pathways, so from Jersey flag down. Nothing to do with the NRL. And it was more on the nepotism, not in the juniors in Parramatta. It was about in the local junior system, whether it's Guildford and Rouse Hill or some of those teams, those kids being favoured to be put into the junior system. Which happens in every junior system. Of course yes, it does. It happens does. everywhere. But, but look, I've worked with Jake Arthur and I like Jake Arthur and I like Brad. There is no nepotism there and people jump up and down. Look, he's that Jersey 14. Look, Jake is a solid player. He's not one of those flashy halfback who's going to win you a game. 
But he's there to fill a role off the bench just in case and play 10, 15 minutes. There's no nepotism whatsoever. And people will say yes, but I say no. Well, you say nay. Well, yeah, no. The reason, you, well, well, the reason why it was leaked is obviously, and on, on 360 last night, um, the journalists on there, like uh, Hoops and there was uh, Kenty and that, have said that senior players disagree with Jacob's selection. Uh, but Brad said that's absolutely false. But someone's talking in there. And there's a reason why this has been, been released. There's a reason why this has been leaked. If it was, you know, it's been, it's been leaked by someone who has a problem with Brad without a shadow of a doubt that would like to see Brad gone. And, it's, and the reason why it hasn't been leaked two weeks ago or three weeks ago, the reason it's been leaked right now is because tonight is their biggest game of the season. That's the, the, for me, as I said before, I find that to be the most interesting thing, just the timing of it, to inflict as much disruption as possible on the eve of a semi-final and a game they haven't, Brad Arthur's ever gone past. So yep. I, I just, yeah, the timing of it, you're right, it says to me that there's an element within the club that isn't happy with Brad Arthur. Yeah, and it's been... Well, and I also think I also think the new, <clears throat> excuse me, management of the club, I think since the um, the uh, the New South Wales government stepped in and and, and put in an, an administrator, they've re-changed, they've re-jigged the whole structure of that club. And ever since then, I think the old factions also like getting involved. It's always been the way, hasn't it? I mean, like it's always held them back. You're right. It's, it's, you, it's, it's held them back more than anything. And it's, and like a lot of people didn't like Dennis Fitzgerald because he ran the club like a dictator. But that's what he did. If you know what I mean. And for and, his time, that's what they needed. And that's what they needed. And at the, the moment, fitzy has gone. It's just been the club has been fractured. How long it's was Dennis been, there? Decades. Yeah. He recruited Jack Gibson. So he was there in the eighties in the glory time. Mm. He was yeah. in the late seventies. Yeah. Wow. Well, the success speaks for itself, you know. And, and 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 you don't have to like a bloke, but if he actually ensures that everything's rowing in the right direction, then things work. But for the last the last twenty years, there's just been takeover after takeover and stabbing after stabbing. I, I don't look. They're a hugely successful club. They make heaps of money. They've got a stack of members. Um, the only place they haven't really excelled, or not excelled, yeah. they haven't taken the extra step, is is the NRL team. And that's the thing. But the Which pe- is hard to do. The people mm. who go to Combank Stadium tonight, you know, like it's great that the clubs are making a profit and everything, but all they care about is, is the winning the title, 100%. isn't it? So who's the male anyone tossed up if Brad Arthur goes? No? No. I well, haven't heard anything? Just the usual suspects. Flano's been linked to it. You had Bennett going there last year. Yeah, well, I said t- t- there was he had a, a week, he had a year off, and you know, if last year they came to the conclusion that Brad couldn't take him to the next level, I would have been bumping Wayne and said, "Can you give us twelve months?" Because Wayne hadn't had a year off since what late seventies when he was coaching Brisbane Souths. But anyway, that that's by the by. I mean, look, I think the main thing is though, like, who, if it wasn't, if it's not Brad Arthur, all right, say they yeah. lose tonight. Yep. If it's not Brad Arthur, then who doesn't? Who does what? Who, who gets who, them who, to the who, next who, level? Yeah, mm. they're not. They're not. Those coaches aren't out there. Yeah, no. Like they, not like they used to be. There's no obvious solution there. But this is Parramatta's last chance for a couple of years. Mm. They lose Isaiah Papali'i. They lose Reed Marnie. Mm. There is talk <clears> that the Storm are looking at Dylan Brown. Yeah, wow. So this is the last chance, red hot chance this group's going to have. Because they are, they've gone to Dylan Brown and wanted him to extend. He's on there next year. 
but they wanted him to extend and he hasn't done it, which is smart mm. because the way that, you know, with salary cap going up and, and whatnot and he's, the rate of his improvement is the reason they want to sign him now. I mean, it's obvious. going to get higher. Um, the one thing about Parramatta, I'll say this, is that every time they have a – well, most of the time they have a change of coach. They have a, they have a sugar hit. Like, do you remember when, like, uh, Daniel Anderson took over? And they had they had a little pop for one year. Then they went down. Mick Hagen took over. They popped again. It seems like I don't know. You know, like I don't know if as you said, the coach might not be out there. But if, again, if they get beat tonight, the question is going to be once again second week of the finals. They don't go to the next level. And I think there are <clears throat> there are some elements in that club that think Brad is the premiership coach of the future. And I know for a fact there's other elements in that club that uh, that are more than skeptical and concerned that you know, that he's going to be able to get him to the next level. The biggest thing is, like, who leaked it? Is exactly. That like, like, where, well, we were did... just doing some theories in the uh, cafe before, and the thing is, all of them are plausible. Yes. Mate, Donald Trump didn't leak it. I'll tell you now. <laughs> he didn't leak it, Webby. That'd be uh, a good story. Right. Uh, a question, Joe. And like, Make Parramatta great again. <laughs> a, que- a question. Yes. Right. Uh, and, not, and Joey, to you, can, like, Mitchell Moses, they asked Brad through the week, is he right to go? He said, yep, he's 100% ready, ready to go. He's 100% fit. Can you carry – and let's take the fact that Jacob is Brad's son. Out, out mm. Can you carry a halfback who's, who really is only positioning play? Is, as, no, he could play dummy half. At a pinch, he could play dummy half. But defending in the middle of the field? Yeah, not a problem. Can – I don't know if you can carry. I mean, there, there's the other bloke. Apparently, senior players are saying have gone and said, you know, Nathan Brown, you know, what, yeah, but Nathan why couldn't, he picking? If there's an injury in the halves or dummy half, Nathan Brown couldn't play in those positions. So you'd carry a specialist halfback on the bench? Yeah. Tonight he against... Can, he can cover those positions, those three positions, especially with Moses. Mm. Question marks over his head, the head knock last week. Well, if they're sure. saying he's 100% fit, though. I mean, the risk is you, you're running a three-man rotation against the... Against Canberra, whose specialty are their big forwards. Mm. You know, if, they, if they're going to win it tonight, that's where they'll win the game through the forwards, Canberra. Anyway, that's just what I think. Um, what do you think, Ben? No? <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to see Parramatta win. Would oh. you? There you go. Why is that? And I and as a manly fan, well, of course, mate, I don't like minutes. I don't like Parramatta, but let me tell you, I'd love to see Parramatta get up. Yeah. I would love to see. Deep down, a Penrith Para Grand Final would mm. be pretty sweet. That, that would, would be, be pretty good. big. Mm. So the winner of tonight goes to Townsville. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I tell you what, the Cowboys, and we'll t- again we'll talk about this later. But that's a that's a tough game. Going to play the Cowboys yeah. up in, up in Townsville, the way they're playing and attacking. And it's moment. getting it's got already. I've looked at the weather. Thirty degrees that and extremely day. humid. Mm. Too, they're saying. <laughs> So well, if you're this going is up thing. there, you'd be fooling. Well, this is the th- thing. We're flying up there. Normally, we do it from the studio. We're flying up because it's so big. There's no accommodation, Where so I sleep, think like we either tents? we're going to share rooms, oh. or we're going to stay in a backpacker. Yeah, you, you, Gus, and Matt Thompson. I said to him. I said, I said to him, "Don't worry about getting me a room. I'll be going straight to the Mad Cow yeah. after it. Maybe they'll sugar shake it. It's <laughs> one of those ones you just put a ring around, didn't you? Go, oh, there we go. Pack the jeans in the bottom of the bag." <laughs> Make sure you don't go out, Matthew. Why would I go out on a professional? <laughs> jo- jo- Joey, if you had to room, who's the preference of the nine team? Mm. Don't say Danica. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. Probably Freddie. Mm. That's a loose room. Yeah, 
Not really. It was. Freddie's a stiff. He is a bit, isn't he? Yeah. Although, the other night, I think, at the New South Wales Origin night, he had a few beers. Did he? Yeah. With the assistant coach, Danny Vadiris, who turned into that jelly blubber, oh, who we can. love seeing. The old toucan screamer. <laughs> Bedsy loses all control over his limbs. His ligaments and tendons dissolve. He turns into a jelly blubber. Seaweed legs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Sony legs. Yeah. But Lucy's going good up in Newcastle. He's having a good time up there. We'll take a break. After the break, we're going to review the game. Yes, brought to you by Mate Internet and Mobile. 5G mobile plans in every territory or state. Why wait? Make the switch. To mate, and it's time for the people segment. No, it's not a movie of the week that's changed. John's on Friday, boys. I've, I've written today, and when we get into the preview here of Canberra and uh, Parramatta tonight, I reckon even more than 2002, given what Ricky has had to do in the last 18 months, I reckon this is just about his finest coaching season. Well, if you go back last year, an absolute bludger of a season, uh, player unrest, heavy defeats, talk that the players are off Ricky. The George Williams fiasco. And, and Webby, it looked like, we were talking about this last year, it was almost like, well, something's got to change. It's either they've got to play it, turn over the roster completely, or they have to find another coach, and Ricky's going nowhere. So the, I think the genesis of this changing was he had a meeting in the preseason, grabbed 21 of his most senior players and staff, booked a hotel, stayed the night, three hours on the table, get it all out. Yeah, we are. And they just had a big honesty session, but, without for want of a better a cliche, but mm. and that was the start of it. And, he, and, and then they went and got on the drink. And <laughs> as it's, mate, solves the a lot tr- of problems. So yeah, what, came, what came out of that meeting? Do you know? I just think they had a better understanding of of, of just talking to each other because I think a lot of stuff was happening behind the scenes. Yeah. There were players' wives who were criticising the coach right. on on uh, social media. So I just think it opened up the channels of communication. But I think the main thing. <clears throat> And I spoke to Ricky about it. Is that he had Whiten and Tarpany on, and and some of those other senior players. But those two in particular were really good at talking to the uh, the younger players in the squad. So they're all on the same page. So I think that that was a real starting point for him. I mean, this year it was a pretty grim place at the start of this year as well. Uh, firstly, <coughs> mate, they, they bring Fogarty <coughs> and he gets injured. He's not available till round twelve. Then they got Josh Hodgson who's just about their most important player in the middle of the field. They lose him first set in the first game. He's gone, gone for the season. Did anyone, like, question, did, did anyone at the start of the year have him in their eight? No. No? No. No. But I think out of that tough time, I think that was, and this is the way that Stick sort of suggested it, it was more, um, you know, what the, the fact that they were so tight helped him get through that tough period, the first half of the season. And it's, he said it's funny, like the perception on the outside was that Canberra were in, you know, struggling again and Ricky's struggling to keep his job. And But internally, I, I think it was they were just they – were, they were pretty resolved. He's made some really brave calls. Xavier Savage to fullback, yep. yeah, put him there. When uh, he's not Tomo- really ready. Like Tomoko he's... to centre. Mm. There was some question marks out of him. Sebastian Chris yeah. playing him in the centres. Made well, some big – Wolford at dummy half. Well, I mean, they start the season two from eight, and you're going, wow, like they're, they're, they're well they're and truly on the roads. But you, there was a game, it was round 11, they played uh, South, and there was an obvious change of tactics. Where they're trying to grind sides down, you can see the Ricky just go, this isn't working. And that's where it's brave to actually have the guts to go, I'm going to throw away some of my coaching principles here and try to find a new formula. That's. You're brave and you've got to be clever to do it. But that game against South, suddenly they're playing sideline to sideline. They're offloading. And, mate, immediately 
like you could see just the attitude in the team change. Like they're actually playing with a smile on their face again. In that ne- in that next month, there's still there's still some inconsistencies, but you can see there's a definite change of attitude. There's more confidence, and then they get to round seventeen, and they get they get the bye. They come out of that and they've won nine from ten. See, I reckon Ricky. In terms of Ricky's coaching, I think when he first started coaching, he was you know just a few years older than like Freddie and and Brett Mullins were in that in that Roosters team. Now he's like twenty years older than him. And I think the thing that came out of that review or that getting it on the table is that, you know, young blokes are different these days, and they don't they don't copper serve like, you know, and Ricky's one of the great servers of all time. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been a change too, and you can see it in Tarpany. Like Tarpany went from a player that was looking to probably get out of there to their best player. Well, that's one of the things you view about coaching. It's probably the best example of someone's good coach is the improvement of the young players. We said before, uh, Savage, or as I call him, Savage, and uh, <laughs> and Sebastian Chris. Every time you see them go around, they get better. Tarpany's gone from being uh, inconsistent, but you know, play with a lot of potential, to people saying he's a million dollar forward now. Um, it just made it go as not, mate. Fogarty. See, Fogarty. When I saw him at the Titans, when they signed him, I went, Oh yeah, you know, he's a handy player. Well, he's proved himself to be a very good player. Well, they complement each other, him and Jack White, perfectly. Yeah. He steers them around. He's on the ball, organisers, and Jack just does what Jack does. And Hudson Young, mate, he, he's he's been a revelation. Mm. The back but half of the year, there's been no back row. Can't he get a sniff out a try? Can't he score one? Mm. Yeah, and again, Newcastle Junior. I said Brankston. yesterday in the show, he's from Brankston. Brankston. Next next door to Sesson. See, that's the thing about Newcastle. We're generous, right? <laughs> what we do is we produce them. We find out the ones that are good, and we get rid of them. So that's that's um, yeah. You're welcome, rugby league. It's no problem. <laughs> my as we go into this game tonight, right against Parramatta, my only this is my one concern about Canberra is they're going in with a lot of momentum. And Joey, we like before we get onto this, um, I was talking about this the other day. Blake goes, ah, oh, there's no real difference. How different is night football eight o'clock <laughs> oh. compared to three o'clock in the afternoon? Miles, miles apart. The only advantage tonight it's going to be windy which keeps the dew off the surface. And Combank is pretty much not much of that long grass, that winter rye, so it won't be as slippery. That's the key, that when it's windy, there is no dew on the surface. Mm. But then you watch you watch that game last week, the um, the, the Roosters South. Well, that's, yeah. They're just moving the ball quickly laterally when they weren't well, he, chinning each other or pushing and shoving and sending people to the bin. Well, well, that's the thing Headlocks. about it. That I'd, first like to, game. I'd like to chin the bunker. Is that possible? Yeah, well, yeah you can. It's just like punching the side of a shit house, uh, mate. Um, but yeah, so Canberra, but, but playing at night, it can be totally different. Well, the, the game last week at Penrith on the Friday night, Penrith Parramatta, it was so slippery. No team could move the ball laterally. Couldn't well, the, pass it. Well, round twenty-five, you got the Roosters up against the Rabbits, and they put Latrell in the phone box because they just can't shift the ball around. They mm. kick high and chase hard, and then the week after. You know, South Sydney suddenly start to get traction. They can shift the ball around. and He was out of the phone box. He was out of the phone box. He got out of it. He um, So Canberra, this is my concern, right? They've won nine, nine out of ten. Eight of those games have been dry afternoon games. Good stats. Good stat. Mm. Two two of them have been 5.30 games. Right, Good Which stats. is sort of, yep. One has been a loss to Penrith and a win against, uh, a win against Melbourne, which is, mate, that's still decent. 
But the way Canberra like to play, what's got them to where they are now has been attacking football, and they're going to have to adjust that a little bit, you'd think. So they're not vampires. Does vampires only come out at night? They don't like the, yeah. the day. Yeah, they're the reverse So they're vampire. definitely not vampires. <laughs> no, that's right. I mean, Combank tonight at 8 o'clock. It'll be a cracker. It'll be a really high-scoring, fast, open attacking game. Jeez, we've seen some great games, haven't we? The oh, opening fantastic. semi-finals. What, 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 did, what did we think about Parramatta last week? I thought I they were really I, I, good until Moses went yeah, off. I got more out, more out of, about Penrith. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just how far ahead they are. What about Nathan? See, Nathan looked like he really struggled, didn't he? Oh. After that oh, break, I, love, didn't he? I love people saying he was going to be rusty. He oh. was going to struggle. What about that? It's laughable. Well, that's right. There was laughable. No, if he was injured, he comes back, he's probably a little bit rusty. But the fact he was suspended. He was, and a couple of things he did which showed how much tape he was doing just himself. That little trick shot for Dylan Edwards to score, mm. where Yo goes away, looks like they're going to play a little block shape. He turns on his heel, puts it through. And the other one, I tell you, was like watching his ball playing. When he was doing his ball playing, he was really disguising his intentions really good. He'd go up and he was creating the illusion that he didn't know what he was doing, that he was sort of lost and he was looking. Then all of a sudden he'd just go ping and it was just disrupting the defence. That's that's the best performance. Of the no one so will far. get within 20 to 24 points of them. If they're on, no one gets close to them. Mm. No one close. There's a headline. Yeah. yeah. And Cherry Evans should be. Australian halfback. I saw that. There's another one. <laughs> Bold statement. Stunning admission. Well, if you look at Origin, it hurts me to say. Bombshell revelation. Oh, it hurts me to say. Origin 3, he was out of this world, the way he kicked Queensland to victory. Before Origin, I thought Nathan should have been the halfback, but after Origin, I think Daly deserves his spot, considering that he last when Australia last played was like two years ago. 19, he was is the incumbent. Three years. Is the yeah, incumbent. He was the incumbent. So I, I think, think he deserves it. I think if Nathan finishes the season as we expect, I think he's got to pick on form and he gets selected. Mm. I, I think that um, if he goes, I mean, history shows a little bit is that you know the halfback that goes through and takes the to- uh, team to the title generally gets the go. Mm. The only thing in in daily, um, the advantage for him, Munster will be five eight. Mm. And Harry Grant will be hooker. Yeah. Combinations. Yeah. And I do think yeah. incumbency, I know it's three years since they played, I do think the incumbent captain deserves. Although he hasn't captained. Last time Australia played, I, I thought he did. I thought captain. he was captain, wasn't he? Boyd Cordner's the last time. Oh, was he? He really? hasn't captained it. Good Australia. Doesn't, call, uh, doesn't cause controversy. 82. Uh, I think the Australian halves were Wally and trying to think of the Queensland half. And they go away and uh, Frank Stanton picks. Sterling and Kenny and puts Wally Mark on the Murray bench. was Mark Might Murray. Might have been Mark Murray. And but they, it was always those jewels, Alfie and Ricky, mm. that sort of thing. Mm. But you're right. Like Nathan, they, the combinations work well, but you'd think Nathan could fit in with any combination. And Yo, Yo would be Yo would be the uh, the lock or the middle ball playing forward, you think? You think. Who wins tonight, boys? Webby? I think Parramatta will win well. Mm. I don't know if that's wishful thinking because that's how my multi runs, but I, I just I think being back at Combank gives them they're, they're a different team there. Mm. Yeah, I like Parramatta. I think they bounce back. Home crowd, I think that's a huge advantage. What do you think? Eighty twenty mm. fans, Parramatta. Yeah, yeah and it's a big true. advantage sleeping in your own bed, familiar surroundings, mm. playing in front Should of your home. Should give it a crowd. go occasionally, Joey. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, me. Ben, uh, I, well, I thought Parra looked sharp against Penrith for at least. 50 minutes of the game. 80 minute game, mate. Then Mitchell obviously went down and then... But they look good. They had the ascendancy in yeah, that game. Even 100%. though they were behind by five, I think, when Mitchell went off. Mitchell Moses. 
And Nathan Cleary did. He went. Up, he didn't go up a level. He went up about five levels. Yeah. Like he was incredible. Well, guys, you you, you guys don't matter. I'm going to go to the man who does. <laughs> the man who pulls the strings, Maestro. Well, as long as Jekyll turns up and not hide, I think the Eels win. That is. That could be getting I, I know, in a run in print. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the Daily Mail. Um, Maestro says Jekyll, not hide. Well, I'll buck the trend. Which I'll, is the baddie? Jekyll? Hide. Hide. Hide, yeah. yeah. Hide hasn't been out for a while in my house. Yeah. I've read about him on the front page for a while. Hide and seek. But don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, the volcano is burning down there. Mr. Hyde is yeah. looking to come. I don't know what he's. What, oh. what are we talking about? <laughs> My other ten personalities. No. Where, where, was the, where was the volcano? <laughs> no, no, the volcano. I can feel it. Oh, just, I can feel it, and just about to erupt. I, How long till my I'm Mad lava. Monday? Three weeks. Oh, Joey, your, your Mad Monday is three days. It's always. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go for Canberra. Just this, I think, at the moment. All this is exactly in Ricky's sweet spot. He loves it. I saw the press conference the other day. Oh, mate, we're just here. You know, no one's given us a chance. And they're going in with they're going in with all that momentum. And I just think tonight, big crowd and everything. Parramatta might play nervous. And what about him putting a little bit of playing some mind games with Mitchell Moses, saying, "Well, here's his big here's his big chance to earn some of that money that he's been." Now Adam Elliott's out. He's got a groin strike. Yeah, yeah, so who's yeah. who's in for him? Uh, the English forward, uh, Ryan Sutton. Oh, he's a good player. Very good player. I like Corey Horsburgh. Oh, yeah, Bill Burr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what about, Actually, the last time he played, wasn't he giving yeah, the double bird the, to the yeah. crowd? I love that. Highly emotional. What about... Corey, um, good stuff. Did, I think he might... Did he get to fined by the NRL for that? I, I think know. he might, or might have got a, a warning for flipping the bird. Benny... Benny going on 360, Paul Benny, they just ask him, and Mitchell Moses goes, mate, I like Parramatta, and Mitchell, guaranteed, ready to go. And then (laughs) Ricky's just seized upon it. Uh, The fact that, you know, Benny's his good mate, but Mm. that doesn't matter. Talking about when Bill Burr went off giving the... uh, Who who is Bill? Bill Burr's a comedian. He's a spitting image of Corey Horsburgh. Um, That's a good lookalike. I wonder what Mario would have been suspended back in the... The day for that uh, Panasonic Cup game. Remember, he walked off with a fight with Billy Johnston. Oh yes. And he walked off. He goes, "Where the f's George?" <laughs> <laughs> Jumper ripped off. Jumper. Shoulder pads on. Oh, oh yes. So good. Uh, the good old days. We'll take a break. Honest opinions next. Yeah, a little bit later, we've got sound advice. Aussie crawls, boys load up, and uh, movie of the week. Happy Gilmore. Look forward to that. But it's time for honest opinions. The segment where we place the slipper into a person, place, or thing. Uh, maybe all of those things. Um, and high praise for someone, maybe. <sighs> How boring. Uh, ben, what's placed itself upon your goat this week? Mate, I, I saw this pop up on the Sydney Swans Instagram page. Uh, as we know, the Swans are into the prelim. Are they? Against Collingwood on <coughs> Who Saturday. Who are they playing? Collingwood. What, Collingwood. When do they play? They play Saturday afternoon, uh, just before everyone will go to Allianz Stadium for the sharks Rabbitohs clash. Will anyone go? Yeah, they'll get A Col- lot they'll of Collingwood them. fans there. A lot of Collingwood fans. Mate, but I saw this uh, post they put up. Preliminary final entertainment locked in. Two big artists locked in. The two big artists, Hugh Sheridan and some guy called DJ Who? Felix. Now, oh, DJ I, I, know, Felix. I know I'm, I know I'm 42 and I know I'm you know, getting a little bit old, but Hugh Sheridan is not a big artist. Yeah. And DJ Felix, I've never heard of. Who is Hugh Sheridan? 
Yeah. Hugh Sheridan was the guy, the actor off um, Pack to the Rafters. Pack to the Rafters. So bigger. He, he's going to do like a. He's going to do like talking songs. Yeah, like <laughs> just say, just say two artists. Don't say big artists because they're not big artists. No, they're not. And no, it, they're and not it, two people. And, it, and I had this discussion with a few people. Entertainment at football finals. Just get rid of it. Just play yeah. the game. Tommy Cla- Trumpet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Timmy, t- Trumpet. Timmy Trumpet or something. Mate, clowns on unicycles. Unless you're rolling out cold chisel, just get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Idol on a hydrofoil. Uh, no, yeah, or oh, meatloaf. Like, meatloaf. It's just torture. <laughs> do, do you know what you could do I, I, I was there um, when meatloaf played somewhere, and he walked past me in the tunnel, and honestly, he smelt like nothing yeah. but Two is old. I can smell, <laughs> and his breath just smelled like vile elephant urine. Rest in peace, old mate. Is, uh, he, is he gone, Meatloaf? Yeah, he's yeah. gone. He's, he's gone, mate. Yeah. He's cooked. Mate, this is the same mate, bloke. He's cooked that This night. is the same bloke. I was jealous. A few weeks ago that said, uh, mate, is Bruce Lee still alive? That's how he said. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I was Bruce there. Lee. What happened oh. to him? He had a heart attack, didn't he? Yeah, because yeah, he, he was too attack. muscly. No, that that's what that Bruce was. was, a, that was it was a, just a... I reckon it was through heat. Through heat. Yes, heat. He was knocked off by the Japanese mafia. Oh, mate. Yakuza. Come on. Full of conspiracy. I heard it was Trump. Um, (laughs) Guys, I tell you something. There's a certain airline. uh, One of my sons had his uh, week occupied with trying to get to Indonesia. Him and his mates. Let Um, me guess. They're burning the press lately. Yep. It rhymes with het far. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, two cancellations and a delay. Right, uh, guys, <laughs> wake up to yourselves. Like, what was that airline again? <laughs> what is it wrong with? Medi Mad? No, no. <laughs> I, I've got a story about Medi Mad. Right, uh, we were coming back from Manchester. It was Brian oh, Carney's wedding, which was honestly, uh, we're there for two weeks and had one sleep. Um, anyway, we're coming back, and it's we planned the trip that we go fly from Manchester to Abu Dhabi, and. From Abu Dhabi, we go to Sydney, and we arrive Christmas Eve. You know, all very good. We get to, we get to Abu Dhabi. We hand over our tickets. Uh, now we've just passed them on to someone else. Your seats have been cancelled. That's said, madness. We said you can't do that. And they said yes, you can. Step to the right, sir. And I'm like, mate, um, we're going to get back. You know, Christmas Eve. You know, we bought these flights in advance. Step to the right, sir. We had to wait, go to the. We had to go to the lounge area of Eddie had and they oh, they're fantastic about it. They said, look, yeah, here's some tickets to the business lounge. So we had to go in there thirteen hours. Oh that's fun. It's a fun delay. Let's yep. have a Twitter poll. Did Matthew have twenty more or less beers <laughs> while he was waiting? I had thirty. Yeah. And I hope you didn't fall asleep on the floor there or something. Anyway, yeah. It's yeah. good at airports. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Comfort. Uh, Comfort uh, rating. It's Woomba Airport. And we, uh, Three stars. And we go about Christmas Day. Like, what about that? They have the right to just give you tickets away. What about that? You can't give do you that. Give your seats. <clears throat> well, apparently they can. Disgraceful. Speaking of, speaking of Jack, have you been following his Instagram in I, Bali? I, I, oh, I don't I do have. my Instagram. Are they having a good time? He's over you there, do he's over there with, uh, with Tex and Bradman. He's beneath you. <laughs> Tex and Bradman. Yeah. This at, this at large nightclubs in yeah. Bali. Is oh. Kalen and Kurt Mann there? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brad, Bradman, Bradman, is. Brad, Bradman best. Stay out of the long drafts. He's like uh, rugby league's number one shade. 
wears those bum bags. He's wearing, in all the photos, like these are little Instagram stories that Jack puts up. In all the photos, he's got a Gucci bum bag. That's a thing now. More and more guys are wearing... Gucci bum bags. Yeah, oh, like really? around like around here. Yeah. Looks like it's Esche thing. It used to be the Speed Dealers. It used to, exactly yeah. it used to be the, the oh, really? classic look yeah. of the of the uh, of the speed dealer. Of the speed poor, de- poor speed dealers would be going, oh God, Bradman Bess is wearing one. Bradman Bess is wearing a look. I'm done. Yeah. I'm out of the game. Yes. Uh, got anything that's got on your goat this week, Webby? I am having issues with the homeless again. Oh mate. Oh mate. Yeah, Only some of them. Yeah. So that because they, cause they like they ask for change. Which, if I have change, I will always give. But who carries change around these yeah, days? I do. Should, yeah. All right, so I give so, notes. You tight ass. Well, I don't. I don't have notes. I don't give them money because they're going to spend it on things that aren't good for them. How hypocritical! So you buy I go and dogs. buy them food. I go and buy them maccas. Well, I give them money because I think to myself, or a long neck. Poor buggers. You, sometimes your only joy in life is to have a drink, and you know who? Who am I to say? You know, you know, don't do what that. To, what to have? Well, anyway, um, I, I do. I always money, say, I, do you do tap and go? Well, that's the thing, though. Like, I, I go, mate. I, like, I don't have. I don't, I've only got my card. You know, it's gone. And my then I goat. give you a look, like, ah, oh, yeah, good excuse. My goat is. I actually enjoyed the rugby union last night. Can I believe I'm saying that? But the referee <clears throat> in the last minute was he a French referee? Mm. How can you have a referee who can't speak English? Doesn't make sense. Well, you had Julian Rosconier back in the day. Remember him? Hacking <laughs> talked. Hacking talked, and he oh, gave the All Blacks a penalty in the last minute of the game because they took too long. Because finally took too to long. take a kick for touch. You know, Honestly, I think that symbolises the difference between league and union. When the Wallabies have a play call, called Bernard, like you'd, in rugby league, you'd have to change that <laughs> but name. I, I, you I, become I did, Ben. I did. I done some digging, and the referee, his pet one parent, is the bunker. That's why it's so uncomfortable. Well, you know they call it in union. They call it the TMO. Oh, the TV oh match yeah. official. Last night, their TMO was Mr. Magoo and Ray Charles in there together. Yeah, right. Some of the decisions went but for this, like, but rest this is, in peace, old mate. Ray Charles is gone. But as now well, this mate. is this is a big problem now with rugby and the Bledisloe. It's over. One game, you I lose didn't even it, it's know done. It was on. Neither did I. But it's only a two-game thing. So. Now it's done. You know what? It was like make old, it a three game. It, it was it was good ball movement. It, it was, mm. you know, when rugby union is a good game, it's good to watch. Mm. But geez, there's some awful stinkers in there. Yeah. Well, if I was, I reckon if when we play the last night was anomaly, we we always go good good, good against the all ways when we play day. Well, last night last so night was at Eddie around. had yeah, underneath the roof. roof. It was a dry oh, well, track. There you go, dry Plenty track. of ball movement. There you go, harumph, harumph. We'll take a break and we'll talk about the two sides who were eliminated last week. Yes, uh, brought to you by Master Builders New South Wales. Upskill with a Master Builders qualification today. Boys, two sides eliminated last week. Two traditional powerhouses, the Melbourne Storm and the Roosters. Firstly, I tell you, tricky, tricky point in the club's history for the Melbourne Storm. They lose the two Bromwich brothers. Police Kafusi, lose Brandon Smith, who you just don't replace. And look, the way that the way things are going, it looks almost certain they're going to lose Munster for 2023. Um, I mean, next year you've got Pappenhausen, Munster, Jerome, and Harry Grant. So they're still going to be a contender, but with Bellamy stepping down <laughs> shortly, pivotal moment. I think they're overachieved this year. No Christian Welsh. What a player he is. They play one front rower. No Pappenhausen for most of the year. He only played a handful of games. No Remus Smith. Yep. Had injuries. Xavier Coates missed a fair chunk of footy. I, I thought they overachieved. <clears throat> they did well. 
and they'll be strong next year. They'll be top. I reckon they'll be top four again. Oh, so I was going to ask. Storm, see them top four next year. You, how many times do we do it? You just eulogise the Storm and go, well, that's probably the end. Bellamy's last year. I can't see them sort of falling away. I reckon they. I reckon they've overachieved the last two years. I reckon <clears throat> there'd only be a handful of games in the last two seasons when they've had their their fully their spine fully fit. I, I think it's well. The two Bromwich brothers are coming to the end. You can see that. Jesse Bromwich, for a while there, I thought he was the best front rower in the world. He's coming to the end. Same with Kafusi. They're both. They're all over thirty-two. I, I, so, that, so to replace them, there's that young guy Alec McDonald. Alec McDonald. Yeah. He looks a good player. Yes. And there's Le- Liero. Uh, yes, Liero. A uh, young Howarth, I think. Yes. Yeah, that's. They got some young players. Got, they'll they'll hey, be fine. And young young blokes who aren't going to take a lot of the cap. Still Nelson there. Conspiracy theory. Well, it's not a conspiracy. It wouldn't surprise me if they have a player tarpening. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I thought the story today about them looking, identifying Dylan Brown as a possible target mm. was telling. Because they're still at that point in their career where players will go there for unders. Still at that point. But I reckon that... Do you they, think nowadays young blokes would? I'm interested to know how that would change when Bellamy's I not think there. it's a lot different the last 15 years... 10, 15 years, I think players' attitudes have changed. Yeah, they're money first. Well, money first before premierships. In years gone by, team, players would take less to win a premiership. I don't know. I'm not saying everyone, but a percentage, I don't think care. Tarek, Tarek Sims goes in next year. It'll be interesting to It'd see how goodbye. Tarek goes uh, under Bellamy. I reckon, well, he, I, reckon he'll, I reckon he'll soar. Yeah. I reckon just, he's just that type of player that you can see would love it under Craig Bellamy. Uh Bellamy's well. Bellamy's twelve months. They're going to have to make a decision soon on what the succession plan is going to be. I, they keep telling me it's succession, not replacement, which makes sense. I mean, you want people that keep the system that's in place. So you want the through. same system? You don't want some new ideas? <coughs> a bit of well, change? I, I think I think a coach would come in, Joey, a new coach that be, has been under Bellamy would still bring their own ideas. But the problem is with coaches. We know this. How many times do you see this? New coaches, you bring in a new coach with totally new system, and it doesn't matter wh- what has been in place, they'll tear it down and start again. So when you say succession, who do you think that'll be? I think it could be this Jason Riles. Yeah, I think Riles will get up. Yeah, I think he will. There's Mark Brentnell there, but I still think Mark needs an, another few years. I think it'll be Riles. Is the Slater talk just talk? No, Billy's no chance of doing it. <laughs> He's got his farm. He's breeding horses on there. He works for Channel 9. Easiest, best job in the world. Except and you're at Fox. He's, coaching, <laughs> he's coaching Queensland. Why would he do it? Because he wants the challenge. No, no. I I've, I've worth... asked Bill and he's just, no. i tell you what I'd do. A flat no. If I was Matt Tripp, I'd at least go sit and Have prepare a war chest and sit down and explain why he is the man. Because if Billy takes the job, I think their era of dominance or what they're doing at the moment continues. There's a massive rap on Jason Rolls. Yeah. You know, he's had a good good, um, a good uh, uh, learning curve under both Bellamy and, and Robbo. And so. Eddie Jones. Went and Eddie the Jones. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Boys, mm. Roosters, slow start again. Injuries hurt them. Joey, Sam Walker's season. Thoughts yeah, on I it? thought it was really good. Mm. Really good. He's got some deficiencies in his game in defence. I think illustrated when Luttrell scored that try. 11 men against 13. Um, but he's brave. He stands in front of him. He just gets himself sometimes in an awkward position. In attack, he sees it like all the great ones. Big decisions moving forward for the Roosters. 
whether they keep him and Kiri together mm. or Joseph Manu moves closer. Yes. In five eight. How how long's Kiri goes? He got twelve months or no two, years. two years. He's got two years. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. But he he was I mean, if if you if you watched <coughs> Sam and Kiri in the last six weeks, like Kiri was the standout. We sw- they swapped half. sides. They yeah. swapped sides. Kiri was playing on the left, then they moved him to the other side. I thought Kiri's form towards the end of the year was really strong. Outstanding. Mm. Uh, next year, big year coming up. You know, uh, I mean, if Marnie, as you said, moves into that middle field, his form, I mean, they've really hurt him losing him. That was monumental. But you've got Brandon Smith. Um, a real shame that he can keep Verrills, right? Mm. Because I think Verrills, that one-two punch like he does with Harry Grant, that, that would have been – Verrills this year – the back half of the year after that ACL really turned to return to some of his best football. Mm. He's off to the Titans. Good player. There's a, there's a couple of young guys coming through. There's a young forward. Can't think of his name. I think his last name is Wong. Yes. They yeah. reckon he is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I saw the New South Wales Cup. I think Gus said he's the best best young junior coming through anywhere. Yeah, the New South Wales Cup side, all these young guys are outstanding. We'll take a uh, – everyone got on top four next year at least? Yes. Roosters? Yeah. Do you think Payne Haas will end up there eventually? <sighs> oh, I don't know. That's an interesting situation there. Something for problems. another day. We'll mm. take a break. Rev it up next. Yes, and it's time for Rev it up, people. <laughs> yeah, test rider Harley Davidson, the Harley heaven at Blacktown and Tempe. Now, boys, my Rev it up is next Friday night. I can't wait the people of Townsville to just rev it up, be a full house up there. I haven't been to the new stadium, but I'll tell you what, geez, I've had some big games up there since it's opened, some origin games and whatnot. Um, you blokes have been up there? No, I haven't. Crack I thought before, stadium. I thought off air we were talking about Allianz. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> no, but the new stadium in No, uh, I haven't Townsville. been up there, but it looks sensational. Cracking, that horseshoe design yeah. is, is, uh, is superb. Right in the uh, centre of town, just over the bridge. Oh, because that was one of the downers, the other one. You had to drive, drive out, half get an back hour in out. for a drink. Get back in, yeah. yeah, so just stroll across the bridge and stumble walk. across and stumble back. The old mad, mad cow. It's a uh, fast surface, too. Mm. Rock hard surface. Mm. Yes, yeah. Gives you food for thought, Rock doesn't hard. it, people? We'll take a uh, <laughs> break. Coming up, we've got Webster. Yes, welcome back. Sound advice coming up later, as well as Movie of the Week, which is Happy Gilmore. But it's time for Webster. Oh, mate, we're fading quicker every week. Now, it's Webster. Like the Webster on the TV show. I mean, oh, yeah, flying. Rest in peace, old I know mate. one thing, they didn't cut his uh, intro to his show, did they? Out of the Papadopoulos family. No. Yes. Noted yes. maestro. Noted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a certain drifter in King's Cross who you might want to have <laughs> a word to. We might have a quick word to. Yeah. Unforgiving. Can I give uh, Latrell a rap? I reckon that performance last week against the Roosters was a coming-of-age performance. Awesome. Because a year ago, he couldn't control his emotions on a football field and end up breaking poor old Joey Manu's face. But I reckon the way that he controlled his anger and aggression and they were after him again mm. just showed how mature he is. Over, uh, say, the last 40 years, has there been a player, probably other than Wally Lewis, who polarises uh, fans? They either, there's no middle ground with Latrell. They either love him or they hate him. Mm. Trying yeah. to think, maybe maybe <coughs> Willie, Willie Mason back you? in the day. And you know, a lot of times, Joey, I Fair think it's a, it's a wrap for him last week because a lot of that is driven by roosters versus bunnies. It's mate, I, I think at this point in the cl- both clubs' histories, there's never been more hate 
and the fact that you know they go after Latrell, they boo Latrell because Latrell's their best player. Because if Latrell don't play good, they don't win. On the back, back page of the Herald today, so Christian Nicolucci, my colleague, interviewed. See the girl, the fifteen year old yeah the, the, girl. He cuddled. Yeah, yeah, he cuddled. Anyway, she they, we talked to her. Said the it was indescribable. What the, happened? The abuse that he was getting from the from the crowd was that heavy. What? Yeah. What sledging him? Yeah. Oh, indescribable. They reckon it was. Well, and, and, that, and tell Latre- me that Latrell said Latrell said that it was, um, you know, it was he found it hard for her to have to listen to it. But they weren't abusing her. No, well, no, no yeah, there was some oh, abuse of her gosh. as well. Oh, that's disgraceful. Yeah. So I like so Latrell gets Latrell is this sensitive superstar who wears his heart on his sleeve, and some people say that it's he's too soft. They say that he's playing the victim card. Um. But whether you like it or not, he's a ridiculously talented footballer, and Incredible. like he, he, whether he likes it or not, he's now become the biggest name in the game. The other day, the Sunday, I was commentating. I, I was actually watching him in back play. I couldn't take my eyes off him, mm. and sometimes he was just, you know, strolling around. He's he's different to Tedesco or yeah. Tom or a Kalen, where he's not in the play all the time. But when he he knows when to get himself in a situation to get the ball. And create something. He's, he's like a lion, you know. That just stalks around, stalks around, and bang, away he goes. But in that, in that, do you see what I mean by in that game in particular? Like the old Latrell would have bitten. Yeah, you know what I mean. They would have got. That, they would have got under game, in that game. In, in that game, and the way that it was running. But he, 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 he kept his head, which surprised me, yeah. given how volatile. Do it you was. know? He, like the little bit, like a, a subtle thing, but the change of compass, like in how he ran the ball in. The, the previous week on that Friday night game where we said before they put him in the phone box, what happened was that the big kick chase was coming down, the five-man, six-man kick chase, and he was trying to go around it. When You like, they can you can send 100 blokes down to kick chase, but it's only one man thick. Mm. I was and talking you to watch one him of the... And he just, he'd zero in on one bloke and just go bang, challenge him physically. I spoke to one of the coaching staff before the game, and, he, and I spoke about Latrell last week. He said he pulled back. He openly said during the week he was terrified of getting suspended, so he played in third gear. That's mm. well, when he, which is smart. Yeah, exactly. One thing we don't talk about Latrell is his goal kicking. He oh just man, doesn't how miss. sweet does he hit? Him? Hits it so sweet. Hit one one night had that the like the Irish swing had the reverse swing on it, which he hit it so sweet. And that they're going over the uprights and travelling, still travelling up. Yeah, Remember he hit that field goal a couple guess, of years ago. <laughs> It's never been hit better. Yeah, it, it's. Um, but you're right. He's such a polarizing character. Probably not since Chock. Yeah, yeah maybe Chock. Chock Wally. Chock, Wally. Yeah. yeah, the uh, king copped that. Yeah, especially when he was down here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Mate, he got booed when he captained Australia. Yeah, one day at the SCG. The saddest part of his career. Yeah. Saddest moment. But but Cameron Smith. Yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, I don't think Cameron. Not as I think a lot of people. Cameron got a fair bit of hate. But yeah. a lot of people. Respecting because he's the greatest. I think a lot yeah. of I think a lot of the hate came from, came from Cameron not during the game, but in post a lot. You know what I mean? Like people were into him a lot. You know the wrestling, all this sort of stuff. Bottom line is they go after the best players. They but do. if that the level of abuse you're talking about is well, that's ridiculous. What, well, that's what she's talking about today on the back page of the Herald. Like it's that's the, <clears throat> that's a line. You know, I, I, I'm okay with you. Like it's professional sport is professional sport. Dak Prescott, the Cowboys quarterback. Uh, got injured, injured his thumb, <laughs> and was leaving the field. This is at his home ground and got booed by his own fans 
leaving the field injured and then had rubbish thrown at him as he went up the tunnel. Man. What for? What did he do? Man. He's, he's, he broke he, his thumb. No, but he, had, he didn't have a particularly good game. Yeah, he's oh, been okay. underachieving the last few years, hasn't he? Yeah. He I, I saw so a there's, thing there's him, a tough cram. I saw him the other day. They showed his house. Um, that's the thing about American sports is different to Australia. In America, they'll just invite people in to say, here's my 20... Uh, my 20s uh, sports cars. Yeah, how's this? My life's better than yours. Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> what a bunch of wankers. And he drove around. He had like a tent. He's got a, like a 20 hectare property. Then he took him and goes, oh, this is my own NFL field. Oh, the bloke. What? And you're going, see, that's when you do that and you're underachieving. That's where people. I want to, under- I want to underachieve like that. <laughs> <laughs> With all this, like the hate that is thrown at Latrell, especially last weekend, mm. he right, he. It's almost like that's his fuel. That's his feed. I like don't when reckon he, that's right, though, Benny. You don't reckon when no, he when, I, I reckon, when I reckon he scored a... that try and they were down to eleven men. Oh man, there was no way the rabbits were losing that game. That's he would, have, he would have willed that win. That's yeah. as loud as the crowd I've ever heard. I think he likes silencing the crowd, but but he he is very sensitive to criticism. Yeah, oh. yeah, and but and, and I don't I don't think he, he I don't think he's handled. I, I think he's found it really tough the last couple of weeks mm. with the building yeah, right. and the yeah. I think it's been an, I think it's. They yeah. are. If you, I reckon, if you asked Penrith, and said who's the one side, yeah, the they wouldn't them. want to play. I, I, they're the side who could bump Penrith just by they got that superstar in the side. And they, and are they we going to talk about this game later? Yeah, we can talk later. Yeah. yeah, they were they were gone too. They were gone. The rabbits in the middle of the season. With the troll oh, yeah, gone, and then when yeah. he came mm. back, and well, don't not talking you up, no. you made a you made that you wrote an article about how the troll's going to turn them around because I'm a genius, and he has he's turned them around. Well, when I, I watched a doco of him training in America, and it was incredible to watch how he was playing, and I reckon when you watch it, it was as good for him mentally as it was physically, and those games when he returned, we talked his first game back, he played. I tell you what it did, right up in this docker. There's a line he says in the docker with this American coach is teaching him different stuff, and he turns to the South Sydney trainer who took him over, and he said, "You know what? I'm starting to understand my game. Sometimes I don't have to push harder to be better, right?" And his first game against Newcastle, oh my God, his pulse didn't go above fifty beats, and he just toyed with Newcastle. His hands and the way he was catching the ball. Later on, when they played the Bulldogs, right, they're in trouble against the Bulldogs, and he just decides, I'll put the foot down here. Scored those two tries. When Burton was putting those satanic bombs up, he was getting underneath him, and he was catching it like a velvet basket. It was just, it was a huge turn. Like a what? Velvet those basket. satanic bombs. And velvet, velvet basket. Velvet basket. Yeah. I like Jared Waitley. That's velvet. <laughs> a velvet basket. Are they, are they the basket... In a swingers club, you put your keys? I don't know. Oh. You would tell me. Uh, <laughs> the right old over. velvet basket. It's time for What's Up Joey's Nose. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Perfect segue. Talk about swingers. Joey, what's up your nose this week? Ah, uh, the bunker. The bunker's just given me the absolute poos all week since that game with the Roosters v South, the bunker constantly talking to the poor referee, the bunker making decisions about who goes to the bin. It is just something needs to be done in the off season. The coaches, the players association, the players, certain people got to get in the room and say, how do we sort the bunker? And it's simple. The guy that set the bunker up, an Australian guy who refereed 
in the ice hockey in Northern America. He set up the bunker. He said, just be careful. This should only be used in try-scoring situations. Now the bunker is refereeing the game. Yeah. Refereeing the game. The poor referee has no feel for the game because the constant barrage of the bunker in his ear but making decisions, making the poor referee second guess. I thought the referee himself on the field – was outstanding. Yeah, last. the refereeing all weekend was sensational. Outstanding. Uh, Trent Robinson showed his cl- – he was class, real class after the game because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, here we go. Everything that gone on, I thought he's probably entitled to have a – not a swing, but, you know, state a few Mate, things. The sin bin to Victor early. But, but it he, was, which was beyond madness. laughable. Yeah. But he, he didn't – he just went – Trent Robinson, they asked him about all that, and he said, you know what? He said the two sides chose to go down that route – and the player uh, and the co- uh, the referee had uh, no choice. So Billy, so uh, Joey, you mentioned like in your column this week that you need that Billy Harrigan, you know, mm. he had control of the game. In an eye, don't you reckon for that game on Sunday, if it was just the referee or two referees in the middle, um, and the Lions people and the bunker just adju- adjudicating on tries, they let him rip in for the first 10, 15 minutes, and then it gets to a point where Billy goes. That's it. Yeah. Next blokes, I'm just going to start. Yeah. Next time, I'm yeah. going to start sitting blokes down, yeah. and they stop. Webby, this is unpopular. I've said for the last few years, the game is better without the bunker. Mm. Put in goal touch judges there, because what happens is you just get on with it. You're, you know, just, you're not you sitting just, there. You just get on with it. We have when you put technology in place, it puts pressure on the referee because everyone expects for every decision to be 100 percent right, and we're seeing that. Nothing undermines the officials than basically like in the cricket. Now, where they go to this DRS and they go, "Oh, I've got to overturn my decisions," undermine their confidence. Oh, yes. You just—it's better without. The and the t- bunker, try scoring situations, they can watch it twice in real speed, make a decision, get on with it. What? The yeah. breaking it down in super, super, super slow motion, and nitpicking and looking. When play goes over to score and the ball comes loose of their hand a foot above the ground. They expect the player to re-grip. As long as he puts his hand on it, downward pressure should be a try. Now, if a grubber kicks goes in and bounces and they put their hand on it, that's a try. How, like, especially with these little gypsy hands, how could you re-grip a ball on a wet night when it comes out of your hand? Well, I'll, this is what I reckon they should do, Rudder. If we're going to keep the technology, you can only go to the bunker on a challenge. That's it. Only I don't like the challenge. Captain I, challenge I don't gone. Like it. No, it's way. gone. One no. way trip. Get I like on the plane. It. Never like to return. It. They can't. They can't intervene <clears throat> unless there's a challenge. Because what happens is on grand people. Oh, what about a grand final late? Well, that's up to the captain. If he uses it frivolously, then guess what? If they get it wrong, he can't challenge. Too bad. You've used him bad. Meanwhile, there's like parts of the game that they just ignore. Can someone explain to me how the knock-on rule works these days? I don't. It, yeah. It's like touch it, football. The it, ball hits the ground. They just call it a knock-on. It's madness. Yeah. But how did that happen? It's because they're under so much pressure and they've got no feel for it. The ball goes down. The The bunker is constantly talking to the referee. Crazy. Could you imagine trying to do something where you're playing as a halfback and you're controlling the game, the speed of the game, where to go? And the coaches in your ear going, look left, look left, go short side, look at the market. I thought you were going to say, can you imagine going around life, someone's just chirping at you all the time? Yeah, it's called a wife. We'll take a break. <laughs> After the break, Movie of the Week. Yes, people, it's time for Movie of the Week. Now, last week we ventured into the world of golf with Caddyshack. Before we get into this week, Ben, 
We believe that you've got something up your sleeve. Well, we your wizard sleeve. We <laughs> we got approached. We got a little message sent through, which is quite incredible because we said that we were doing Happy Gilmore, mm. and we got this message that came through on the on the the line the other day. Maestro, do you have it there? Hey, Maddie, Webby, Joey, and Liam. It's Shooter here. How you doing, boys? Yeah, I love what you guys have been doing on your little community radio show, Morning Glory. It's good stuff. It's the movie of the week is my favorite segment. It's just, you know, really, you know, it's meaty, it's, it's well-researched, and you guys rock it. So I was excited to hear you were going to be reviewing Happy Gilmore. Oh, my God! That's fantastic. I'll see you all at the ninth grade at nine afterwards, huh? Little secret of the pros. Oh, and fellas, we're something nice, okay? <laughs> Have a great one. Shoot it! Out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there you go. Well, Sean, Sean McGavin is a fan of Morning Glory. What a champion. Who would have thought? Oh, man. Well, today we stay on the course with 1996 Adam Sandler film, Happy Gilmore. Is this your ball? Yes, it is. It struck my foot. Doug! Can I get a drop? Uh, the rule says play it as it lies. That's two thus far, Shooter. Oh, you can count. Good for you. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. <laughs> That's Mr. Gilmore's jacket. Uh, Liam Alexander, welcome. Uh, my life has been made. I can't believe Shooter, Shooter likes the show. Oh, man. Man, I tell you what, that's very well done, Ben. Fantastic. Liam... <laughs> A question. Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler, is this his personal Everest, do you think? Yeah, for him, he said that this is his favourite movie that he's made and it's, it's his favourite character that he's ever played. And for me personally as well, I think it's the perfect alignment of actor and character. I don't think anyone else could play Happy Gilmore and I reckon, I reckon it's Sandler's best movie as well. Now, for the poor souls that haven't seen it, the plot... Yeah, so the movie is obviously about Happy Gilmore. For all his life, he's wanted to be a pro hockey player, but his near psychotic rage has sort of prevented him from getting picked in any team. One day, Happy learns that he has the most powerful golf drive in history while moving things out of his grandma's house. His grandma owes the IRS $270,000 in unpaid taxes. So Happy figures out how much golfers earns, basically, and uses this newfound talent to try um, make some cash by getting on the PGA Tour. A lunatic with a good heart. You a fan of this movie, Webby? One of the greats. So it good. is a go-to hangover movie, too. It is. Yeah, it it's is. a happy place. It went happy from, Gilmore. You know, Billy Madison into this. It's a it's a good double. Ben, some things in the making. Yeah, well, this is yeah. I I, I agree with what um, Liam's saying. This is Sandler's best movie. It's definitely not his highest grossing film. There's a there's a ton. This doesn't even make his top fifteen, which is, that is really great. yeah yeah yeah. So and and the ones that have are just absolute duds, like fifty first dates, that oh, sort of crap. Jack and Jill. But Happy Gilmore is actually based on um, one of one of Sandler's real life mates who was a shocking golfer, but had a like a good level of hockey behind him, and apparently just outdrove everyone purely based on his hockey. So that's where the whole idea came from. So did he write it? Did he write the? Yeah, he wrote it. Yep. And Apollo Creed's in. Yeah, yeah Chops. Carl Weathers. Chops, yeah, loses yeah. a hand. I, I, loses a hand I read, to the I read, <laughs> True story. I read um, Adam Sandler rung the producer and said, what are you doing? And this is in the middle of the night, and they like went to a driving range, and he he did the run-up tee shot. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Is Arnold Palmer in that too? Uh, no, it's, it's Lee Trevino. Lee Trevino. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Now>, Lee, <here's laughs> Lee Trevino, did, they, he was they a said, massive well, you piss do it. Head, wasn't he? <laughs> 
I don't know. Yeah. Arnold Palmer, I think, imagine, was more <laughs> Imagine being doing that. Mate, Lee Trevino. Golf it's your life in golf order. Dr- golf drunk. It's probably <laughs> the most wooden performance in cinema history, Lee Trevino. He does look. But Lee Trevino <laughs> agreed. But then when he, they showed him the preview of the film, wanted the film cancelled, his bit cut out because he didn't like all the swearing. Oh. What a turd. What? Liam, how was <laughs> a this? A golfer that doesn't swear? Are you I kidding? Know. Liam, how was this received by the critics, like our man Roger? Oh, critically, it was absolutely hated. Um, Roger Roger was renowned for his hatred of it, actually. He gave it one star. He couldn't stand happy as a character. He called it the story of a violent sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> and he said he, he particularly disliked Happy's habit of pounding everyone he dislikes. Oh, wow. Oh, Did anyone oh, tell oh, Roger? Oh, someone oh, tell oh, Roger man. it wasn't meant to be a drama. It is a comedy. <laughs> Who's Roger? Roger Do you know Who's how... Rest in peace, old mate. Yeah. He's a. Uh, he sounds like he an was. absolute flog. He was. <laughs> he was. He was. Um, Liam, in my opinion, Shooter McGavin is the star of this film. The more you watch it, just the shoot. And we said this last week. Originally, this was offered to Kevin Costner. Mm. The Kevin yeah. Costner dances with wolves. I, I just, mm. I don't see that. Who's your, who's your character? Is he the star? Oh, like Shooter's the MVP of the movie. But we've spoken about it a few times. Um, the few scenes that Ben Stiller shows up as the nurse in the nursing home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the, he, he's basically turned the nursing home into a knitting um, sweatshop. <laughs> and all the, old, all the old ladies are complaining about how their fingers hurt. And he's going like, oh, your fingers hurt? Well, now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the old Kero uh, baths. Uh, uh, mate, what about uh, – you got a best scene, Ben? Any? Uh, well, th- this is one of the things. Obviously, the one that everyone remembers is the Bob Barker scene. Okay, yep. price is wrong, bitch. Um, Bob Barker did his own stunts, so he turned up, and he's. It wasn't meant to be a fight, and it was Bob Barker's idea to have a fight with Happy. So they did that, and he did all his own stunts. Oh, like he would have been seventy. Yeah, he was rolling around the greens. Ben, do you know why Bob Barker did his own stunts as well? He no. actually studied. Um, taekwondo under Chuck Norris and his brother Aaron Norris. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that, I swear to God. I want to meet Aaron Norris. <laughs> is Aaron Norris? <laughs> is he still alive, Aaron Norris? What a... I'm not sure. I don't know. Mate. You, you, you're living in Chuck Norris's shadow because your oh, name's Aaron. <laughs> mate. Um, right, a famous lines in the movie. One of the ones, I... Uh, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast? Uh, no. And, uh, mate, I love that one. Richard Keel, of course, from famous from the Jaws, who was Jaws off the Bond, James Bond film, yep. where he goes, that's Mr. Gilmore's jacket, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, um, best scene for you? Oh, there's another one as well. There's another random set. Because I've seen it so many times, some of the smaller moments I like picking up now. Kevin Nealon, he plays that weirdo golfer in Happy's first tournament. And he oh, goes on this rant. He goes, like, you got to rise above it. you got to harness in the good energy, block out the bad. Harness energy, block the bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flow happy. Feel it. So, like, there's moments like that throughout the whole thing. But Shooter, every time Shooter does his little finger, his gun after he sinks apart, it's it's so good. I love his opening speech, too. He gets up and he, he he's such a bad guy, but he gets up and... It, Dresses like all the oldies there, yeah. the old Tommy has. I just like to say, yeah. And today, you, you, all you guys are my dear friends. So I goes, oh, <laughs> he's such a turd. What are you, Benny? Oh, uh, mate, the the thing that I like going through the facts of the trivia, Shooter Christopher McDonald, his real name, 
passed on the movie twice yeah. and had to be begged to do it, which I thought was like... Yes. Like, he said what, it was what else did he have going on <laughs> to oh. turn it down? Because no one else knows him from yeah. anything else. Yeah, Can you I think imagine he had lined him? up out of Africa. Could yeah, you maybe. imagine him walking through an airport, how much oh. he'd get? Well, he actually, oh. in, the, in the message that we got from him, he actually says that um, he gets approached like weekly from sailors, Navy, Navy guys over in the States, mm. on the ships. They watch Happy Gilmore every single week. To as like a pick me up, so that 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 is like the ship on the uh, the movie on U.S. Navy ships. Oh man, really? Mm. Yeah, oh. I thought they watch other movies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mate, those sailors, you know what they're like <laughs> in the navy. You can really? sail the seven seas. Um, okay, boys, define define a cameo for me, Liam. Like, you know, you can be in the movie think, for a certain period. What is a cameo? Do you think? Yeah, I think a cameo is is one scene you're a celebrity cameo or any other sort of cameo i think it's one scene it has to be under about uh 10 minutes i'd say max and yeah you just have one scene in the movie okay is ben stiller's cameo in the top five in cinema history yeah oh i'd say it's up there i think it's one of the best for sure i think it's one of like he's in the movie for i can two minutes total and he nearly steals the whole thing so i reckon he's up there right what we'll do right before we score it out of 100 after the break, we're going to do five to one best comedy cameos and we'll eliminate the Ben Stiller one. Yep. Yeah. Right, that's eliminated. Uh, Liam, score it over 100. Oh, i got to go. I'm on 100. For happy. Oh, nutty comment each. Five. Yeah. 90, 95. Joey? 87. Uh, <laughs> uh, 93. That's how many beers I'm going to have in the weekend. 94. Okay, we'll take a break. After the break, our five to one. Yes, top of the uh, third hour, we're going to uh, preview Cronulla versus the Bunnies at Allianz Stadium. Man, it'll be rocking there again. Look forward to that. But off the back of Happy Gilmore and uh, Ben Stiller's little cameo in there, we're going to have the five-to-one best comedy cameos. And understand it's got to be in the film for 10 minutes or less. Liam, what's your number five, mate? Well, my five, I didn't necessarily go a comedy. So Ned, Ned Beatty, he was in this movie, Network. I don't know if you guys have seen it in the early 70s. He's in the movie for one scene. He has one monologue. He's the head of this TV company. He's in the movie for six minutes, and he got nominated for an Academy Award. So wow. I think what? I just had to throw that in there. Just, yeah. So that is such a film yeah, critic think, choice, Liam. Mate, you <laughs> are... I'm sorry. You are the man. No doubt you about it. You are the it. new Roger Ebert. What he lives he? on <laughs> in you. What about you, Webby? <laughs> Chuck Norris in Dodgeball. Mine's, mate, Hey, <laughs> I know that was Aaron. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. very good, Joey. I got Brett Favre in Something About Mary. Yeah, nice. Stiff oh. as a honeymooners. Yeah. I, he was awful. I had on my list a special mention to Chuck Norris. So that's that's what um, – number five for me is Tom Cruise, Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah. He drops in and out. Yeah. Totally would have been like five minutes worth of stuff. I thought this was what... Sportsman. No. A cameo from a sportsman no. in a movie. No, no, no. Okay. Well, no, no. Hey, it doesn't run, matter. The run, you get... The rundown <coughs> I, I, like I don't it. read it. Oh. I do right. <laughs> Obviously. I've gone uh, Brett Favre, same with Joey. There's something about Mary. Plays uh, himself as Mary's old boyfriend. Joey's right. So wooden. So bad that it's good. Yeah. Number four, Liam? Uh, for me, it was um, – you remember that movie, This Is The End, where all the um, celebrities are in it? I had Channing Tatum as Danny McBride's gimp at the end of the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any sentence with gimp in it, I'm in. Don't worry. Oh, man. So good. Webby? Can you say OJ in Naked Gun? Of course <laughs> yes. you can. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah, he was Mate, funny. The, glo- the gloves didn't fit, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's right. He was Nordberg. Nordberg. Yeah. That's right. The wheelchair. The, the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, he was the ho- he was the hopeless, uh, the happy fool. When, when, when I, wa- I watched the Naked Gun the other week. When they do ra- Rabs the movie, Leslie Nielsen should play <laughs> Rabs. Unfortunately, he's dead. Rest in peace, Holmes. What? Jeez, oh. Rabs or Leslie Nielsen? No, Leslie Nielsen's dead, yeah. Um, shall we? I got Mark Tyson in The Hangover. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you. Nicely played. Uh, I like, like Chuck Norris in Dodgeball, but Jason Bateman. It's Pepper. In, in Dodgeball. He's a commentator. Yeah, no. yeah right. You haven't seen I haven't seen a lot of Dodgeball. Oh, okay. I wasn't. I've gone Christopher Walken in Pulp Fiction, whereas, of course, <laughs> Bruce Willis's father's <laughs> best course. friend returning from Vietnam where they've been <laughs> captured at prison war, and he gives Bruce Willis the watch. He said, I've had this uncomfortable piece of metal in my ass for five years. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, this is yours, little man. Um, Liam, you're number three. Um, Bill Murray in Zombieland. Awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah, awesome. I think that's one of the all-time great ones. That's so good. Is Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder? Is that too much? No. That's no. Good. no that's oh, good. Yeah. oh, you, you said listen. that. Yeah, that's oh, sorry. All right. No, it's all right, Webby. One mouth and two ears, as they <laughs> say. <laughs> no, try, that was, I reckon that was part of his resurrection. Yes. Yep. For sure. Sorry. I've got, I've got a multi going on in that NFL game. Up <laughs> Joey? I got Kareem Abdul-Dabar in Flying High. Yeah. Is Abdul- he the pilot? Yes, he is. He threatens to bash that kid. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> is, that a, goes, is that a true story? He goes, you're, uh, you're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He goes, no, kid, I'm not. And he ends up going, my dad reckons you're slacking on defense. Yeah, you tell your dad. <laughs> uh, my number three, this is a collective. Uh, Anchorman fight scene. Oh, yeah. Where you get Stiller, oh, yeah. Stiller, Robbins, Luke Wilson, and Vince Vaughn. All just, just out of nowhere. Bang, bang, bang. Just almost everyone. Yeah. It's, it's like the only yeah. person was in it was Meryl Streep. It's scary that Ben Stiller, Ben Stiller's cameos could be better than his leading man performance. Could be. <laughs> I watched what along came Polly the other day. Ooh, tell you what. Uh, number three. Uh, Chris Farley as the deranged bus driver in Billy Madison. Oh, that's what. <laughs> even Adam Sandler's <laughs> laughing at it where he goes, that Veronica Vaughan is some piece of ass. <laughs> Mate, you watch, go on YouTube, watch the best of Chris Farley. Awesome. The way his weight fluctuates. <laughs> he goes from being a big hoop to Jabba the Hutt back to the big hoop. Mate, he must be putting... 40, 50 kilos on and losing it. Rest in peace, old mate. That's why he died died of a massive heart attack. He must have been mixing some protein powder into his... They reckon he used to be... They reckon he used to be... Like hilarious, he just go, go. They go to an expensive restaurant, Saturday Night Live crew, and he just never, no matter where he was, he had to be the center of attention. So he'd slip into the Brasco and just walk out totally naked. <laughs> I reckon he wouldn't be packing heat either. Nah, I don't think so. Uh, Benny, uh, my number two is Bill Murray Zombie Land. It's already been said. By, Was that number well, three? Yeah. I've lost my way. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, I don't sorry. know where you are. Yeah, sorry. but that's, that's so, what my number two. Is. Sorry, yeah, your number two, Liam. Uh, for me, I reckon Will Ferrell as Chaz in Wedding Crashes. Awesome. Oh, there's, I think it is the best scene of Will Ferrell's career when he's screaming for the, he's asking his mum for the meatloaf yep. on his bed. I mean, <laughs> That's it's all time. Webby, Alice Cooper in Wayne's World. Oh, oh yes. yes. We're not worthy. Yeah. We're oh. scum. Man, how, how good? How good is Alice Cooper? He, he just, but he just, he was so calm and collected in that movie. 
there's a there's a book called What You Want is in the back of the limo, right up. And it's about in 1974, not together, but simultaneously, Led Zeppelin, The Who, Alice Cooper go on tour. And you know, he used to carry that uh, snake around with him everywhere he went. He said that what, what he once was laying in bed and the snake started lying next to him. He's like, how cute. What the snake was doing, it was sizing him up. And the snake wrapped around him once. Yeah. And he had to yell out for security and had to come and cut the snake off him. Is this jail talk? Are we no, talking about no, snakes no. or what is what, it? Hang on, let me get this right. So what, snakes like measure you with themselves? Yes. They, there was yep. a story from North Queensland, the same thing, where the, the kid slept with a pet snake and the python grew with the kid and eventually was doing the same thing, lying next to him. They said, get the snake out of the house. It's going to have a go at your son. It's going gonna, it's gonna to swallow him. Just going to wait. Yes. Man, heavy. What a, uh, <laughs> what a bastard of a pet. <laughs> Why would you Mate, keep you take it in, you feed it, and it ends up wanting to eat you. I, yeah. I know a guy who had pit snakes. Oh, I don't know what you do. <laughs> hey, what are, we ta- are we talking about the same thing? Uh, My I, mind's I, I, going I, elsewhere. I, yeah. no, anyway. Yeah, number two, Joe. Was it Freddie Mercury? No. Okay. <laughs> um, my number oh, was Chris Farley on Billy Madison. Benny, you got a zombie land? Yeah, yeah. Bill Murray's zombie land. I've gone Bill... Bill Murray's zombie land. And it was a complete surprise. He was never mentioned in the previews. And uh, it's no. I- iconic. It comes out as Bill Murray having a joke dressed as a zombie and they <laughs> shoot the, him. With the white powder <laughs> on his face. <laughs> uh, number one, Liam. Uh, you stole it, Matty. Christopher Walken in Pulp Fiction. I oh. think Tarantino literally does nothing other than hold the camera on him for four minutes. And Walken just absolutely kills that, that monologue. Some of his stuff on Saturday Night Live is just, mate, it's that cowbell. Ah, oh, the cowbell. That's right. Is that Angelina Jolie's dad? No, no, no that's uh, John Boyd. They look John the Boyd. Mm. Yeah, they are yeah. similar. Uh, your number uh, one? Bowie in Zoolander. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you like that? I had, but yes, I do like it. I've yeah. got uh, The Final Winter. Matthew Jones. <laughs> yeah. No, it's got to be 10 minutes Phil, or less. Is Phil Sigsworth in that? <laughs> yes, he is. Phil Sigsworth, <laughs> the final winter. <laughs> Phil Sigsworth. Phil Siggy. Phil Sigsworth, Tom Redonicus, uh, Noel Kelly, uh, Max Krillich, Terry Randall. And when we're shooting that scene, we're sitting around as the committee, right? Uh, Tommy goes, uh, can we, uh, are we okay to swear? And the woman goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, act like, you know. So Tommy starts rattling off in one sentence about four F's and a couple of C's, and they said, oh, look, we might have to just scale that back. <laughs> I used to play golf with Max Krillich when I lived on the north side and, and Fatty and Gibber and that. And when I'd play with Max, I used to play unders and overs. How many times he would say the word evidently? Sometime, one <laughs> day he got 25 evidentlies in 18 holes. Mate, you know when Lawsy, something happened, and he always go, and we got him on the line. He's a great, he's a great friend of mine. There was something going on at Manly. And he goes, well, there's plenty going on at the Seagulls and a, a wonderful friend of mine who I've known for 30 years we've got in the line, Mr. Max Krillick. And welcome back <laughs> to one of the great nicknames. I, I know there, there's a, a great story. When, when Laurie Daly was New South Wales coach, they had a, a team, they had a team uh, uh, function at, uh, uh, somewhere uh, or other on the Gold Coast and the old comic goes, and the coach, a close personal friend of mine, Warren Davis. No, no, that no, that, that, that was John Rolls. Yeah, John, John Rolls. Yeah, <laughs> he was doing yes, an act, and he goes, and we've got the New South Wales State of Origin team in the audience, and my great friend out there. This one's for you, Warren Daly. Oh, no, Warren Davis. Warren, Warren Davis. Davis. Uh, John Rolls was the. I had lunch with Laurie yesterday. Uh, I, never knew my, that, I never knew John Rolls was the. 
feature that sport. Liam, I think Liam has said my my Will Will Ferrell, Chaz, Step Brothers. Yeah, I've done the loaf. same thing. I've done the same thing. Well done, Liam. Awesome, mate. As we go to the break, a Thanks little bit God. of John Rolls. <laughs> it's up the nose, Eels Rabbits tonight. Uh, let's do our uh, edition of Most Likely uh, related to that. Boys, Webby, which middle forward do you think tonight out of the clash is most likely to be man of the match? Tarpity. Yeah, I agree with you. Mate, yeah. He had spiders on him last week. Mate, and that... So did Papa Lee. Late in the game there, he's like a good. wrecking ball. He's back to his best, Papa Lee. Mm. Really good. Uh, right out, boy. Joe, Junior. Who? Junior Barlow. Who runs for more metres tonight, Jack White or Dylan Brown? Dylan Brown. Mm. He's Ooh. been told after last week he has to run the ball more. Him and Gutho, they weren't what you'd say totally absent, but geez, they were quite They were pass happy. Mm. And they yeah. couldn't get the ball because of the wet, slippery conditions. Uh, which player the Eels most likely to target in the Raiders team? I think Wolford, the middle of the field. I reckon Savage. Savage. Because he's, he's, very, he's very good, but he's still got some little errors in yeah, his Yeah, he has those little things. Here. Yeah. That's what Ricky's done really good to. To tr- continue to trust him. There's a couple of games midway through the year where it sort of cost him, went into touch, mm. a couple of brain fades, but yeah, he's been very, very good. Uh, right, boys. Which of the playmakers tonight most likely to dominate? Well, I think Parra wins, so I'll say Mo- <coughs> Moses. Have you got concerns about Moses no. offensively as far as getting a knock? No, not at all. Do you so think he'll be on that side. He'll, he'll be defending Hudson Young. Geez, that's going to be a battle. That's a real good battle. Yeah. I'll say Moses too because I think he win. I think they'll win the game. Mm. I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm going Whiten. I reckon if they win in these big games, Whiten always pulls one out, and particularly this year, given that I th- he was dudded at State of Origin, I think he'd be in for a big one tonight. Some of his tackles late in that game, he did two tackles. Yep. One, he came out of the line, and smashed someone, and then the other one, he pushed, tackled someone, and pushed him out. Mm. Yeah, big, true. big plays. Uh, we've, we've spoken about tarping and stuff, but which forward pack is most likely to dominate? Or Para? I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'll go Canberra. Given what they did over the last couple of weeks, Para on points. Mm. Be right. close. Mm. Right up, Benny. You got one here. Best yeah, playing uh, Yeah. Which which coach is most likely after eighty minutes of football? Most likely to spray. Hang the on, bunker, I'm just going to the sports officials, bet. The referees, um, Ricky else. Stewart, dollar <laughs> Yeah. I don't reckon Ricky would. Yeah. I think the pre- not after what's you know, not not after what happened a few weeks ago. Well, I think so, he'd be careful with what he had to say. He'd handle that. I could be wrong. All that stuff that went on. I tell you what. He he. Another thing he did very well was absorb that and not let it affect the team because things can, like little things like that can affect the team. But took the week suspension. He's just it, got on. It's with almost it. sort of helped them get to the finals. Yeah, it has. Uh, okay, boys. Which of these sides? do you think is most likely to beat the Cowboys up in? I mean, we're not going to say not just who wins mm. tonight. Who do you think that the Cowboys are a bigger threat to getting beat by up there? Mm. I think the Raiders. I do too. But I'm, I'm tipping Parramatta, but I think the Raiders have the game that can worry them. If, they go, if they go through again, mate, they're flying. Mm. Dry surface up there in Townsville. Mm. Do, you think, do you think the Raiders can make the grand final? Good story. Yeah. No. Oh, would <clears throat> Well, if, they, if they go through para, do you reckon they can go all the way? Yeah, they, well, they, oh yeah, no, yeah. I don't think that they can win the grand. I don't think they can beat. Don't think they can beat. No, but they can make the grand. Definitely. Well, if they win tonight, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do, boys. We'll uh, take a break, and uh, we're going to preview Cronulla and the Bunnies in about ten minutes.
Yes, welcome back to Morning Glory. A little bit later, we have got uh, Sound Advice, which if you're an Aussie Crawl fan, hang in there. Um, it's, uh, we've got Boys Light Up, their famous album. But it's, this one's brought to you by Top Dollar Metal Recyclers. Top Dollar Metal Recyclers. Visit topdollar.com.au. Received no publicity, basically, but George Combos is very soon taking on Devin Haney again. And George, this time, Webby, a lot lower profile. No, Basically, no media um, apart from the bare minimum. In the lead up to the the first Haney fight, he did <laughs> he did a stack of media. I did a piece on him for the Good Weekend. Um, Buzz and I had unbelievable access into the room before the fight, <clears throat> but it, I think it's a says a lot that he's going to pull back and and, he, and do nothing. Basically, only the bare minimum. Him and his dad were at the uh, the Roosters Bunnies Bunnies game, the opening of Valiance, and um, he said said as much. He said, "I just got." In the first fight, going in, I felt like I had to do so much media, and he said I just felt like a draining. So he had a lot on him. He, he, he had to, he had to sell that fight. They were just worried about trying to sell out uh, Marvel. <clears throat> um, mm. But it's interesting. I'm going to be. I'm interested to know what the second, what the rematch is going to be like. Be like we're going to get inside his jab. Just quickly, big fight Sunday too. Canelo versus Gennady Golovkin, which will be a beauty. We'll take a break after the break. The preview of the Bunnies and Cronulla. And tomorrow night at the Great Alliance Stadium, um, winner gone, winner goes through, uh, sorry, loser gone, winner goes through to play the Penrith Panthers, Cronulla versus Bunnies, boys. Two very different teams. You've got the superstar attack-minded South versus defence-minded disciplined Bunnies. I reckon, fellas, a real crucial factor, and this is going to be how much gas was taken out of the uh, tank last week. Cronulla played 93 minutes, Webby, but South Sydney, highly emotional, Violent affair. What do you th- What do you feel? Oh, well, I wanted to ask the footballers on the panel: How do you get through, or how do you bounce back from a loss in the first week of the fo- of the finals, particularly when you go fifteen minutes, uh, fifteen seconds away from a preliminary final? You just get on with it. Oh. Just turn up and play. That's your job. Mm. Well, Penrith did it last year, didn't they? Yeah. I understand Penrith; they're all on the bubble, so a lot of the teams are in the bubble, and other teams. Uh, saw Penrith after they lost the first week in a bit of idle chat. And they just went, yeah, sweet. We're just got it together long, the long way around now. Let's get on with it. I think it's mental toughness too of the sides. I think there's some sides that find it really tricky to meet it, to, to drop and almost burst their bubble. But I reckon Cronulla, you know, knowing Craig Fitzgibbon, he'd have been really disappointed last week. The, the, high, the best thing about Cronulla this year has been their defence and concede 32 points at home at night. So I expect them to tighten up a lot. It's interesting. All the talk has been around, oh, Cronulla played 93 minutes, but, like, just how emotional that game was you know, against the, the Roosters. Two really highly emotional games in a row for the Bunnies. And the other thing about it, day football takes more out of you, in my opinion, than night football because everything's slower at night football. Everything's slowed down that little bit. Mm. Where day football, everything's a million miles an hour. That's why a lot of times when we're... If you're having a bet, you go, you look and you go, right, oh, teams that have played con- a number of night games, they go to a Saturday afternoon, you back them because, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of, they're being held back to a certain extent. Um, Cam Murray, boys, last week, it just showed how big a loss he was being knocked out early in that round 25 game because, mate, he just triggers everything. When he, when he gets forward, plays the ball quick, that triggers Cook. Cook triggers... Cody, Cody triggers Latrell, 
And just and his pass selection last week was outstanding. He's, he's your favourite player, Charlie. Who's that? Cam Murray. Cam Murray. Sure is. What a player. Mm. What a player. Best player on the field last week. Yeah. Champion in any era. Good what sort, it? too. Nico Hines. Mate. I saw him the other day, actually. Oh, so That's what happens when you stalk people. <laughs> Nico Hines. Hi, Cameron. Good looking blokes. Nico Hines, mate, he was in a losing side, best, best player on the field last week. Five try assists. He's having a Dally M type season, isn't he? He is. Um, it was a ballsy decision from Craig Fitzgibbon to get mm. him into the club and put him in the halves, but he's it's been a masterstroke from Fitzy. Isn't yeah, bad? I didn't know how he'd go at halfback because we've only seen him in a Melbourne system playing mostly fullback or five-eight, playing second fiddle. But he's really surprised me. Truly elite player. I tell you what, he shattered after the game. Yeah, he was. He looked. He, that's what I mean. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. How do they bounce back from it? He's um, right coach for Nico. You know, sensitive dude. You know, champion. But to go to a, like him, I, I when he was leaving Melbourne, I thought, oh, geez, I hope he doesn't end up under a coach who's, well, to use a bit of term, a real ass. Would put pressure on him. But Fitzy's been the perfect fit for him. And and mate, like Benny. You've worked with him before. What, what an absolute champion guy. Champion guy. Very humble. Mm. Um, very open to have a chat with anyone. He's just that sort of – he's just one of those good guys. I was, I was saying to a few people the other day that, like, you look at, you know, Dale, Nico, they're, they're the sort of faces the NRL are going to target as, the you know, the future of the – like, obviously, Dale, you know, doesn't yeah. have that much left in the game. But Nico is going to be the face of rugby league for a long time. Mate, well, Nico, this is the thing about – you look at Dale – and uh, Cameron McGuinness. Like, that's where you look at Cronulla and you get, they get a bit of confidence in this game. You know, Dale's mental toughness and his know-how in big games. He had a weird thing going on with his headband last week. Did you see that? Yes. What was going on there? I, I don't know. We had him on the show Dale. a couple of weeks ago. He's concerned about his hairline. Might be a smother. Yeah, could Do you be. reckon it was? Jeez, I'd love to see the comb over come back. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? Remember the referee? There was one of the referees had it. It might have been. Was it mixed on a windy one day where it's just oh, standing up? Suddenly it hit, and honestly, it'd be it'd be hitting the grandstand. <laughs> um, Joey, night football, right? We've spoken about this before. Night football versus day football. Night football suits the sharks. Yeah, you know, they're they're defence minded, whereas day football, you'd be going all over the well, once all again, over the bunnies. It's going to be windy in Sydney. Dry track at Allianz, but the key for the sharks is if they give away less than five penalties, I think they win. Because no team plays better off set starts and with their moves and set plays than South Sydney. If you just keep the ball in play and it's kick reception footy going back and forth, South can't fall into that structure or, or find it difficult to fall into that structure where it goes Ilias or Cam Murray, Cody, Luttrell, Alex Johnson. Yeah, that's going to be... If they're disciplined, they keep the ball in play, Cronulla complete over 80%, then they win. Sounds simple, but there it is. Tom Burgess. That's a decent loss because I thought last week, when he ran over Crichton that time, Mm. it sort of got got South going emotionally. That's a big loss, Webby. He's a huge loss. Um, He had his angry pills on last week, didn't he? He did. Good. He did. Yeah, he's he's a a massive loss for them. Who's in for him? He's yeah, a bloke off the bench question. last week. Sally went Question well. without notice. He was. He was. Isn't a question always without notice? It is. Uh, now, okay, here we go. Here's my <laughs> stats. I don't know. I don't know who I am. I just started digging into stats. You last are Matthew week. Johns. I'm, I know. I know. No, Maddie Johns, mate. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's Maddie. Morning Glory, Maddie Johns. Uh, but um, so Pen, 
so Sharks, last 10 games, night games, uh, night games have had nine and they've won eight of those. South Sydney, last 10 games, seven games of night and they've won four. Who was busting your stats? I don't know. I'll, I was just, the, I was sitting down. Man. Are you having an affair with Dave Middleton? Yes, I am. Okay. I knew it. I, knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just sitting down with idle hands and I just went back over the drawer and had a look just for curiosity and just... Uh, with who, idle hands. Yes, with idle hands. Yes, these little idle hands. Uh, Webby, who do you like? I like Cronulla just. Mm. Cronulla Golden Point. Oh. What are you thinking, Benny? Uh, I'm I'm rabbits, mate. Yeah. I think I think the Sharks have had a really good season and should have be, should be really happy where they've got. Mm. They're not they're not gonna beat the rabbits, mate. They are rolling at the moment. Like it was the Cody of old. Mm. Yeah, oh, what about his performance? The only thing I worry about the Sharks is they haven't got a Munster or a Teddy or a Turbo yeah. that just says, give me the ball, I'm going to win the game. That's, that's what makes this matchup so interesting because they'll be on defensively. Like Fitzy will be cracking the whip this week. And um, I've gone the Bunnies by a fraction. Like, by a fraction. Tia's done a good job this year, Webby, is Jason Dimitri. 100%. When, when most sides, when Wayne leaves, they just totally collapse, go in a heap. And the good, one of the things with a coach, I said this through the week, is that, so things you don't do, like he hasn't torn down everything that Wayne put in place. No. But I think there's a real concern about how players like Cody and particularly Latrell would go without Wayne there. Mm. And from all reports, uh, Demetrio has done exactly sort of been just as good at handling those at handling those players, particularly Latrell, than than Wayne. What about the way at full time, like when they were cuddling him and he's like like Wayne, it was like one of the boys. Yeah. Uh, and he's had his challenges too. I mean, middle of the year. You know, getting Lachlan Ilias into the side, they were clunky for a while. And w- yeah. when when he dropped him to the bench that time, no, he hooked, that, you know, hooked him down at yeah. Wollongong. Yeah, that was a brave move. But Rabbits did this last year, if you remember. They, they, yeah, they they looked a bit, and then they went under the radar, and then they they peaked at the right time, and they're doing <clears> it again. Yeah. Well, the off-season decision to let Reynolds go. And Coop Elias, when you look back now, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was insane. But you look back now, still, and look, Elias. Every time I see him, he gets better and better. Defensively, he, defensively, bangs him. I was hearing Zubin sound like him saying, "Angus Crichton ran through him for that first yeah. first try for the Roosters." Every other play like that, Ilias was back and he was in his face. Well, the first one, play. he went high on him. The yeah. rest of them, he cut him in half. Mate, he's got he, the build to really whack blood. It was like Ilias, yeah, stood tall. Right, our boys, we'll take a break after the break. Aussie Crawl on Sound Advice. Whatever you bet on, take it to the next level. Gamble responsibly. And we've got him on the line right now. Timsy, welcome, pal. Thanks, Matty. Absolutely thrilled to be back. Only a couple of weeks left. Mate, a couple of weeks. Here we are. Now, tonight, Canberra versus Para with all the controversy, that leaked document out of Parramatta. Yeah, huge way to start week two of the uh, finals here, Matty. Eels are our $1.50 favourites at Nets. Of course, there has been a question mark over Mitchell Moses this week, and a lot of people I've spoken to seem to be quietly confident the Raiders will keep doing their best work with their backs against the Wall here. So maybe a bit of value around them. $2.60, our $2 line, 6.5 points. Now, interesting game. You've got the all-out attack and the superstars of the bunny uh, versus the disciplined, defensive-minded Cronulla Sharks. Man, it's t- tough to split these two, Timsy. Matty, I just cannot wait for this one. Really does look the pick of the two games, in my opinion. Money for both clubs, but the bookies clearly don't think the Sharks will be quite as good away from Shark Park. They're actually 
outsiders at the moment, two dollars south the dollar eighty two, two dollar line just a point and a half. Now title update, Timsey. I mean, really, I mean, it must be so much money on Penrith. It certainly is. Look, the Penny Panthers made a real statement last week. They're into odds-on favouritism to win the whole thing now. $1.85 at Nets. On the other side of the draw, the prelim on that side, the Cows, $5.00. Parramatta, seven fifty. Souths might be the value. They're going to have the harder run, but if they make it through tonight, $9.00. Maybe a bit of value there. Good on you, Timsy. Go well, pal. Thanks, Matty. Good luck, punters. There you go. Jared Timms from Neds. And remember, people gamble responsibly. Neds Same Game Multi is available on more sports than ever before. Take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yes, and after the break, we're going to do Search and Enjoy. Uh, Ben's going to take us to another wild and wonderful place on the globe. But uh, it is time for Sound Advice. And I tell you, it's been an Australian rock month. We did the Oils 10 to 1, Cold Chisels, Circus Animals album. Uh, last week, Jets' debut album, Get Born. Today, the 1980 legendary album from Aussie Crawl, Boys Light Up. Iconic song, iconic album. Boys reached number four on the charts, but in a strange way, which we'll talk about later on, would make them a legendary band in Brazil. We'll talk about that soon. Anyone seen Ozzy Crawl or James Rain in concert? No. No. no I've, seen seen a, I've seen a lot of acts. Never seen James Rain. I, I saw him about four or five years ago. There was a place, Diesel's brother, he had these... Johnny Diesel. Yeah, Johnny Diesel's brother. And he, the injectors. He, they, he's got a... Yes. He's got a... Uh, he's, he's got, he had these, He had a joint at DY. There's one in Newcastle, another one on the Central Coast. It was like a small restaurant, but he used to get acts there to play. Daryl Braithwaite. Lizotts. Lizotts. Yeah. I saw... Oh, how do I remember that? Ken... I saw um, Glenn Shorick play. Flashback. Outstanding. Daryl Braithwaite. All he wanted to do was do his songs of his new album. Oh, boo. Oh, and boo. James Rain was James Rain was outstanding. Does James Rain just do Australian crawl songs? No, and he did, you know, his solo ones. Because he had he had some couple of big ones like Slave and One More River. Those ones. He, House he was of Cards. Very, House of Cards. Very, very successful. You're on fire, Joey. Ha- very medicinal. successful solo. Ladies artist. and gentlemen, medicinals. Very yeah, good yeah. for your concentration. <laughs> uh, legal. Legal, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, boys, songs release on Boys Light Up. Um, downhearted, indisposed, Boys Light Up, and of course, beautiful people. What about that? It's just like the sound of summer, isn't it? It is. His voice. Yeah. It is. It, needs, it? it does need subtitles. Really, now, sometimes. His, yeah. his brother, James. He was yeah. David Rain. David Rain. TV and acting. Yeah. Yes. Get away. Get, yes, get yeah. away. They're like the Daddos. Yes, they are. They are, the, yeah, the, they are like the Daddos. Have you got a favourite? I don't know if I'll cop that. Have you got more, a, more talented Daddos. Daddos. <laughs> have you got a favourite... Uh, Song from Aussie. That, that's the one there. Beautiful people. Because I said, I said a couple of weeks ago when we did uh, Cold Chisels Circus Animals, I said that reminds me of driving up the mid north coast. This is one of those similar albums because when you when you used to drive around as a kid in the nineteen eighties, you hear these songs, be in the back of the car with no air conditioning, driving to the beach. 
Okay. I've got something for you on there. Maestro, while we do this, could you just search for, there's a song called, I think, The Daughters of the Northern Coast. Now, while Maestro searches for that, right, the reason, you'll give us a thumbs up when we'll tell you the story. Indisposed, written about a car racing James Rain had where he had both arms broken. Tell you what, wouldn't that be hard? You know, you're down in your luck when other people are wiping your ass. Uh, Boys Light Up. Now, this is the one. It was about older women in their area that would have fun with the young surfer blokes. And uh, it was banned from radio for references to fellatio, whatever that is. I don't know. I, I, I read that it was about pro, it was about prostitutes. Uh, uh, yeah, look, immoral, immoral women. Immoral women. Immoral women, ah. yes. Now, Daughters of the Northern Coast, right, uh, on that song. Daughters of the Northern Coast, they, they sued Guns N' Roses. Because Guns N' Roses, I'm trying to think the song for Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child, Sweet Child of, Mine. of Mine, they believed they had the same... Uh, record company, and they believe they stole the initial rift. I'm sorry, not Guns N' Roses. It was a different song. It, Nirvana. They sued oh. Nirvana off uh, their iconic album, which uh, their Never iconic mind. song. It smells like tea spirit. Swings like that. You got there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God I've got you here on my left-hand side here. Have a listen to this. My and, God! And they did, also, they, did they win the case? I don't know. I think it was settled. And they wow. also won they had against Guns N' Roses. Because, I mean, Australian pub, pub rock was really, amongst their peers around the world, was really highly respected. Hence, Guns N' Roses were named Guns N' Roses after Rose Tattoo. So yeah. a huge Rose Tattoo. Siri, that, that Siri is, did that Australian is, Crawl win their litigation against Nirvana? Against Nirvana? <laughs> Any word? Something? Nothing. <laughs> now, she's, she's, okay. A couple of things here. The, it shows you the genius you said before about his renowned James Rain for not understanding the words. The genius of Andrew Denton, a number of years ago on Triple M, he had a thing called the Musical Challenge. And what he would do, he'd get artists in, give them a song totally different to you know, what in, in their genre. For instance, um, J- John Stevens, The Noise Works, did Ben, Michael Jackson. Yep. They, got, uh, they got James Rain in <clears throat> and they gave him Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights. Now, Wuthering Heights is a song that you do not know the words to. No yeah. one does. But they gave it to James Rain, and it was ironic to give a song that no one <laughs> knew the words to to a bloke that no one could understand, but the first time you could actually understand the words, <laughs> which I thought I thought that's, just highlights. That's gold. Radio. Now, here is... She's, here's, she was funky old Kate Bush. Oh, yeah, she was. Great song. Uh, she's having a real renaissance after is that she? thing, Stranger Things. Yes. Uh, now, boys, here's... The Bizarre Story. Now, this album was the major sponsor of the 1980 Rip Curl Pro in Bells Beach, which mm. I think that it was Tom Carroll versus Tommy Curran in the final at no, Bells. I thought uh, Shane Horan won that one. Yeah. Well, look it up. We'll have a look. But anyway, look it up. they Siri. were the sponsored in, in, all the, in all the heats, play, they played songs like Boys Light Up over the loudspeakers. Oh, this, is, this is the Brazilians. It was the first year that two Brazilians were on the ASP tour. Now, what they did, they heard and just they heard the music and just went, wow, like this, this is this is amazing. And they took about a dozen albums back to give to their friends. Fifteen years later, James Rain, they called him up and said, would you be interested in coming over to Rio to just do a concert? And he goes, I've never been to Rio. I would love to do that. Go over, do a nice, you know, couple of thousand people. Uh, 50,000 people at the gig. Holy oh, hell. Wow. And they knew all the words to all the songs, just purely through bootlegging. This is amazing. That's an incredible story. I can't confirm 1988 Bells Beach final. Not 1980. 
No, oh, 1980. 1980. Go back oh, to the drawing board. Sorry. Yes. I, I swear you said it. No, no, 1980. I'll go back. Uh, okay. Yes. Weren't they? Them's the days. 1980. Have you been to J- Bell's Beach, Joey? Yeah. At a Have you surfed? Tournament? Yeah, surfed Bell's Beach. It was freezing. Was it gnarly? It was freezing. Yeah. How we go, Ben? Anything? Um, winners. Mark Richards won in 1980. Well, there you go. The Shane Haran win. Yeah. Well, not, not, that, not, he, not that year, mate. He actually surfed with the Wing Curl on Keel. his surfboard. And that's a tip for someone. At the moment, there's the American series Untold, and it does a story about uh, Australia winning the America's Cup. They reckon it's incredible. It's incredible. on Netflix, isn't it? Yes, it's on Netflix. Netflix. I just got it. Yeah. I can confirm that, that Shane has never won Bell's Beach. Bell's Beach. Oh, right. We're not rails there for Bill Shane Horan. Is he going okay? Don't know. Don't know. Anyway. Well, if he's on the rails, yeah. he's not seeing me. No. Okay. <laughs> we'll take a break after the break. Search and enjoy. Yes, welcome back. Uh, pretty soon we've got our uh, tips and uh, for the weekend. Uh, get your multis. Earn a bit of money. Uh, it's time for Search and Enjoy. This is where we take uh, you to uh, to left of centre destinations in the world, places where Ben has worked or travelled with Doha, Sri Lanka, Ethiopia. Last week we did Iran. Today, what have you got, Ben? We're going back to East Africa and to one of my favourite countries on earth, Tanzania, or Tanzania as the Americans call it. When did you go there? When? Yeah. Uh, I've been there on a couple of different occasions in 2009, 2010 and 2012. Work or pleasure? Pleasure. Oh no, work once. We did kill we climbed Kilimanjaro for work. Right. The rest has been. Who was that pleasure. with? What work was that? That was with David Kosh yeah. and uh the f- what we I like to call the fittest man on earth, Joe Hockey. Was yeah. He? yeah, we took Joe up there. Now we were having breakfast one morning. Remember mm. Joe Hockey walking up and saying, Hey Ben, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I helped him up a particular uh tough section of the climb, which is very uh yeah, like a, you know, it's the rest is like a like a nice steady hill, but the um, this was a cliff, and yeah, had to have to help Joe up there. So yeah, uh, a lot Bonded. of those East African countries, safety wise, are problematic. Tanzania, uh, safety wise, Tanzania is pretty good. Like uh, Dar es Salaam, the big city is is definitely a little bit rough, but up where most people go, like Arusha and out to Serengeti and areas like that, it's yeah, it's very safe. Is it like as a Lion King? And you see, uh, what, what sort of wildlife are you Yes, seeing? if you go out towards the Serengeti, the famed Serengeti or the northern part that's in Kenya, which is known as the Masai Mara, which you would have seen the Mara River with the with the um, the buffalo and everything jumping across, the wildebeest jumping across the river where the crocodiles eat them, all that sort of stuff. Yes, it is. If you want to see the Big Five, that's the place to go. It's what's unbelievable. The big, what's the Big Five? The Big Five, the big... The big Noted the big five are the animals that the hunters used to want to hunt. So that's where Big Five came from: elephant, lion, leopard, buffalo, and rhino. I, I'd, I'd, sh- I'd sooner shoot a person than an animal. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I got yeah. a list. But let me tell you, if you if you <laughs> oh, were, mate, not buzz. <laughs> obviously, there's no oh, hunting <laughs> these days in Tanzania. They would shoot oh. similar like Kenya. They will shoot you before they before they shoot an animal. Benny, they say that to see the migration. Across the Serengeti is one of the most amazing things you've ever seen in your yeah, life. Yeah, I went there in June, which is uh, the time to see the migration north. And you sit there with, as like, you know, and it's the Serengeti Plains, like it's, you know, goes for a long way, uh, just a sea of wildebeest around you. And it's it's quite incredible. It is an, a, a, definitely a, uh, a thing you should tick off. Health issues there. I mean, I can only imagine it was ravaged by. COVID, but there was a there was a point there. I, I read a book called Three Men on a Bike, 
There were yep. these blokes who lived in London, and one of them went to a garage sale and actually bought the, the goodies Trandrum. And they came up for charity. They rode from Cape Town. They rode from... Here you go, mate. You all right? I just found Jerry Lopez was in Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Webby's interview on Jerry Lopez. Yes, I, I know. We'll right, get to that right. in anyway. a minute. They, they, rode, they rode for charity from Cape Medicinal. Town. To, it's good for your concentration. Yeah. They rode from Cape Town to Cairo. Mm. And when they went through Tanzania, they said it was it was ravaged by H, HIV then. Yeah, East, East Africa and Southern Africa, South Africa and Tanzania are both epicentres of the HIV yeah. um, outbreak, especially in the where, 80s. Where, where Mozambique, did you go there? I didn't go to Mozambique, mm. no. Haven't been there. It's yeah. one place. How is, it, how is it now as far as health? Uh, I, I think... Stabilised? Yeah, stabilised. But, you know, things get moved on, forgotten. Like HIV would still be a massive thing in East Africa. Mm. But, you know, agendas move on. Governments move on. Monkeypox? Monkeypox, yeah. exactly. It's the next thing, you know. Oh. And then one minute we'll have this and then, you know, Ebola will pop back up in West Africa and... Everyone goes there. Ben. You know, they've run out of vaccinations for monkeypox here. Have they? Yeah. Do you know anyone's had it? No. No. Do you know anyone that knows anyone that's had no, it? No, I don't actually. No, I don't. I don't. But apparently the vaccinations went like that. There was 3,000 roll them out. There's a little, there's a little vaccination. From it's certainly, it's the era of vaccinations, isn't it? It is. It's a vaccination-a-thon. Um, or not getting a vaccination. Ben, can I ask you a question, right? Now, I don't want to sound naive here, but I've always been curious, especially after watching that documentary, The Lion King. Yeah. Um, Mate, an elephant graveyard, is yes. that a real thing? I, have, I haven't seen an elephant graveyard, so I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure. Very, very emotionally intelligent, the elephant. They mourn their dead. I know that. Do they? How do you yeah. know? What did you get told? Well, uh, the, um, the hunters, the, where poachers kill elephants, the, fam the elephant family will stay with the dead Carcass. Isn't that tragic? And what is going on? If they were to like shoot the elephant, they take the tusks and they used to put tusks in, you know, makeshift, you know, barns or sheds that they build. The elephants go and basically, you know, nudge know. the thing, knowing yes. knowing that their relative is in the in the shed. The tusk, yeah. But elephants oh. mourning. We've got snakes being elephants used as mourn. Rulers. Elephants <laughs> mourn. Emotionally intelligent, like a yeah. dolphin. Alice Cooper Jeez, being choked. That makes me really angry. Yeah, yes. it's, how could you shoot an elephant? Oh, it's shocking, yeah. and they they still they still do shooting down in southern Africa. Do they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Is that for yeah. a lot of the herbs and stuff they send to to Asian countries? Yeah, Aphrodisiac. Oh, yeah, yeah, in yes. the tusks and stuff. Like the rhino tusk. But yeah. when you when you go to when you go to East Africa and you see the like the big bull elephants, and you like you you know you see an elephant in the zoo here, little Asian elephants. When you see a big bull elephant in this area, yeah. wow, they wow. are. Massive, we're, we're massive in, uh, creatures. We were in Kruger National Park. Anyway, anyway, it was, this is a bad story. But anyway, it was, we're out there. and So there was the basically there was free grog in the minibar, just copious amounts of like, you know, small bottles of vodka and whatnot. So I put them in my pockets when we're out in safari. <laughs> and Trisha got a photo. It was a bull elephant who's char as charging yeah. at our at, at, at thing. And I'm in the foreground of the photo asleep. <laughs> <laughs> a sip on safari. Well yeah. Was it? Were you drinking gin, gin and tonic to keep the malaria away? Mate, that's just what I was doing. Is every time someone they went look over there, there's a there's a leopard. They all looked that way, and I'd have a swig. <laughs> 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 what, what it would be if someone's one, one guy's hat flew off. 
yeah. the guy went stop straight away. And it wasn't the animals. What they what they do is they've got security everywhere for the poachers. That if they see a person just walking like away from a thing, they'll, they'll shoot. shoot. Yeah, shoot never get it. Never get out of the safari vehicle. Oh, That's never. like one of the main rules because, like lions, and especially with, with like you know predators, they see the vehicle as one whole thing. The minute you jump out, they go, "Oh, there's Scooby something snack. else here!" Bang. Bang. So yeah, there's been. There, I've heard stories from guides over there that certain people have jumped out of vehicles at stages and been chomped. Oh. How would you reckon that'd go? Oh, mate, there was, killed by we, we heard, we heard, I don't know if I should tell this, but we heard a horror story where a young, a young boy wanted to see an animal at night and took meat back into his tent. Cause you can camp. Obviously there's hotels, oh. lodges, but yeah, he's a school boy. And right. let me tell you, it did not end well. Yeah, did right. not end well. Defined yeah. uh, not end well. Or what? Yeah. Like Hyenas. Because oh, nah. when you when you camp in the when you, like there's all these beautiful like it's glamping so it's tented camps like they're magnificent but you're really in there like and the Maasai obviously the the well known tribe are they 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 secure the area but obviously hyenas and lions will come in and you hear them you hear the lions at night barking and things like that and so you'll hear like yeah like the first night I took my like with my current wife. Uh, we were in. Um, they heard. They heard a hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, but she was. She was terrified because there was the hyenas outside our tent, and you could hear them. And they're they're probably twenty feet Actually, away. I heard from the they're hyenas. Bark, they're barking. I heard wow. from the hyenas. They were terrified about yeah. the noises coming from your. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> mate. Uh, the glamping there. People who want to go is expensive. Yeah. Uh it is. Yes, it is expensive. But it's for the Worth experience it. you get okay. sitting in. Sitting in the the Serengeti, mm. listening listening to that, and like it's it's pretty it's pretty special. Yeah. My next my next question um, is: there, out in the Serengeti, is there a backpack? Is there a YMCA I can stay? There, yeah, there's 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 much to, there's much to, you can you can drive in yourself and self camp if you want. You got to pay the fee to get into the park, but I tell you what, taking a risk. You're taking a risk because if you don't know what you're doing, yeah. Yeah. Would you are you keen to revisit? I would go back there every single year. Yeah, it well, is unbelievable. Like the whole trip from. Kilimanjaro, which I can say now does not stand like Olympus over the Serengeti. Yeah, okay, right. it's quite a long way. You've got to drive three days out to so the I Serengeti. So I beg to differ on the Lion King. Yeah, yeah. Just hover well, you can, you can, if you're in the Serengeti, you can go to Lion Rock, which is famous for the, uh, oh, for the rocks. For yeah. little Mufasa. Mufasa holding up Simba. Yeah, right. And holding that up. Mm. Scar? Did you see Scar's him not there. Is Simba? True Simba obviously story, means lion in yeah, Swahili. Yeah, yeah, you can learn a little bit of Swahili. Yeah, I saw a doco the other day. It was heavy. It's called E.T. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, well, we'll do the well, nice work. Nice there you work. Go. Would yeah, you live there? Would you live in Tanzania? I would live in Tanzania. Yeah. Yes. Would, I would. I, if, I, if I could live and work in a, in a, uh, a lodge area, absolutely. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. We should maybe take morning glory there. Let's do it. Let's do it. Know, Shout out to sponsors. Flight and we'll do Freddie in the 8th too after it. Yes. Although yes. I'm not taking Freddie over there. We'll <laughs> take a break. Most likely up next. Yeah, stick around. I'll go tips after the break. Our multis and a horse tip for the weekend. But, uh, boys, most likely Sharks Bunnies edition. Boys' opinion. Latrell Mitchell. More likely Webby to score two tries or no tries. More likely. Mm. Yes. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah, so two tries? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, no I, tries. I tend to be with you. Why no tries? Mm. Of course, I'm just saying it. <laughs> Benny, what do you reckon? Uh, after a really tough first week for both teams, which team is most likely to fizzle out? Oh, 
Out of these two? Out of these two. Sharks obviously had the go, triple overtime. I'll go south. So I think Sharks will win. Yeah. Just. I, I think um, – I, I don't think the 93 minutes will worry the Sharks too much. Yeah, right. Because okay. it was a night game. Yep. I, I think – How – I think if, I How think important if do you reckon having the extra day recovery? <clears throat> oh, I don't know. Like, they talk about it now like it's huge, but I don't know, Joey. Do you think it's a really no, big deal? not at all. I'll tell you what I don't understand now, right? I was talking to someone the other day about um, <clears throat> how they prepare for games. And I said, oh, we're day off tomorrow. They said, no, nah, we've got a big day tomorrow. I said, well, but isn't it the day before the game? Yeah, yeah, we get out there, we do a video, then we do captain's run, then we go in. I said, really? And they I do said, a lift maybe, a power lift or something, yeah. yeah. Do they? Mate, yeah, well, some do. we used to get there. If we played on Sunday, our last session was on the Friday. So Saturday was about putting your legs up and just relaxing. I couldn't imagine being there like the day before the game that long. Two days before the game, Adam McDougall would have full tracksuit on, wouldn't put his boots on to do captain's run, and would not get out of a light jog. So we'd be doing yeah. attacking. I'd do an attacking kick to the corner. He just wouldn't chase. And Dukes just wouldn't chase. I'd go, Dukes! He goes, just power just athlete, power athlete. You just save it. <laughs> but it's true. But what you get out Power of that, athlete. What you get out of that last session, I think actually overtakes it gets overtaken by the freshness. You want to get out there and be fresh. Considering we're talking about this yesterday on, on Joel and Fletcher's show, is that I don't know how they'd be in there all day doing mm. video, hanging around, getting there at seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning and leaving four in the afternoon. Right, so everyone kill. everyone I know, but everyone to a man says that Melbourne are doing just so much more than anyone else. Just keep it yeah. that. <laughs> no, he, it's funny. Because when I did, Cam, when I did said, Cameron's yeah. book, he said, mate, he said, I don't know any other team that, that like, is in there, <laughs> I think, like, eight, nine hours every day. <laughs> I, I think what they do, that, I think where it's evolved a bit, Billy, like, is that when they're in there, it's intense. Gotcha. Intense, hit and get out. Some of the sides, mate, they're in there for eight or nine hours, and it's just dawdling. Like you just man, uh, boys. Uh, how many players sin binned? One, three, or four? Most likely for the weekend or uh, uh, this, this game, game? This game, okay. Mm. None. I'll say two. Yeah. None. I think they'll try and pull it back. I think three. Benny. Uh, most likely to have a best on ground performance, Cody or Nico. Ooh. Well, Nico, I, I think Nico. Yeah, I think for Sharks to win, I think Nico needs one of those games. Mm. Yeah. Who has my tr- more try assist, boys, Nico or, or Cody? Mm. Cody. Cody. It's firing at the moment. That left side's going good, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, very good. Right up. Last one. Team most likely to beat Penrith next week. Yeah. Rabbits. Yeah. Rabbits. Yeah, rabbits. Yeah, I'm I, just worried with South that they've had two big weeks in a row. Yeah. I know you said Latrell had played in himself, but I like it's gonna be Do you notice that Gus when he does his tips doesn't say plural? He just says shark or rabbit. Rooster. Complex. Mm. Storm. Yeah. Bronco. <laughs> night. Uh I, I think I Day. think I think the bunnies <laughs> It doesn't tip the night. <laughs> the night. Yeah. Who does? <laughs> we'll take a break after the breakout tips. Yes, welcome back and uh, get your pencils, kids. It's time for our uh, tips and our multis over the course of the weekend. Joey, some big races uh, on Saturday. Who big races. Okay, my tip is in Sydney, race six, number one, North Star Lass, go Waterhouse. It'll lead all the way. Into race seven, Animo. 
good horse out, mate. Gay's it's over a, in It's uh, a motor car. Gay is Zaki, Zaki's in. out? Zaki out of the nose? Zaki will lead, and Amo will come over the top. I think there's some uh, talk about it being out. Gay is, uh, she's on um, Albo's jet as we speak, going over to the funeral. The See, Chris Wallard said didn't go. Didn't go? No. Um, would you go if you got invited? I, I have to say, I haven't read a single line about the Queen. No. Thought she was a great woman, but I'm not interested. Um, I'd probably go. I mean, it's nice over here this time of the year, isn't it? But she has 70,000 people lined up to pay their respects unbelievable. to walk past the coffin. Unbelievable scenes. Yeah, huge. Okay. Ben, what have you got our, now? You're our uh, resident greyhound expert. Yes, I love dogs, and I'm going out again to Wentworth Park tonight with uh, Brian Fletcher and Nathan Highmarsh. Uh, and race four tonight, Fletcher's dog, Panama Pepper. Is, um, Panama Pepper. What Panama. He, wanted, he wanted to call it Colombian Sugar, didn't he? Yeah, but yeah. That, I got, um, <laughs> that got knocked in the head by the, um, by the intelligent people. Oh, uh, boo. Greyhounds. Yep. Uh, that's and, two, what, and what Panama Pepper got through. Yeah, <laughs> Panama Pepper got through. Uh, that's paying $2.20 as favourite, Panama Pepper, to win its, in its race. But I like in that race as well, this ruffie, Teddy the Bear, 61 bucks. Wow. And it's a, it's worst finish has been second. Teddy the Bear. Teddy the Bear. You, you in love the, the same race. You, race imagine, you love the old you bears, don't you? He, he does, back, doesn't he? You go back 200 <laughs> Stop years. Stop the fight. Okay, back. let's go back 200 years and you go and talk to someone. They said, in the future, I'm going to get my money and I'm going to bet on a, a dog running around a track chasing a fake rabbit. <laughs> Drinking you'd be in it. Padded cell. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, probably not. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to South versus Bunnies multi. I'm going to go South to win one to five points. Latrell to score, but under 42 and a half points total. $21 that'll get you. Ooh. Ju- yeah. Juicy. Yeah. Mine's a bit shorter, but I'd say I like the Eels. Uh, I like the Overs, uh, 42 and a half or over. And Sivo, who's a Combank Stadium specialist. Oh, he certainly is. Sivo. Jeez, I tell you, it's big um, on Saturday. Isn't it over there? You see, you got, you got the, uh, you got the races, you got the swans, and then you got the uh, the bunnies and Cronulla. And I've got to go to a wedding over there at a certain point. Got to, got to brave the traffic. It will probably take about two hours to get. Have in. you tried the light rail? Let alone take three and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, really? You no, know, I, we said rev it up before. That's what that. That's what the light rail needs to rev it up. Put a. I mo- need to double the speed on it. Put a motor on the back of it, maybe. <laughs> Boys, enjoy the show today. Joey, Webby, Joey, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, probably thirty uh, percent attention today, so we're on the improve. Maestro, beautiful work. Uh, Benny, good on you, mate. Have a good weekend. Uh, top of twenty-five degrees in the city, so get the guns out, put the shorts on, and show us those sexy legs. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91